Before we get too far into this show, I want to thank the folks at Racetech. Racetech.com. Use the code uh, to save. With, uh, tell me you listen to Pulp. Use the code Pulp23. Racetech.com. Service centers all across America. And also, motor work, suspension work. They do a lot of things like that. So thank you to the folks at Racetech. Give your bike some love, and it'll love you back, man. Uh, and Racetech can do it. I heard this weekend that they are doing the uh, motor work for one prominent team in the pits because they have the CNC uh, capability of that, and they'll sign an NDA, and they can do that for your business as well. Racetech.com. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Bones Bacon. I'm really stoked on this one. Happy that Bones came by the studio to sit down and talk about his great career in the industry. And it's still going, even though he's retired, uh, as he'll get into here. So thank you to the folks at the, um, Fly Racing, of course. The Kinetic Mesh is out. They've got some new stretchy panels added to it. And uh, thank you to the folks at Fly Racing for all that they do. Uh, that kinetic mesh stuff, it is so breathable, so venti. I don't even know if venti is a word, but I'm, well, it's venti, Starbucks, but it's super cool, man. And uh, yeah, fits really great, uh, stretches in all the right spots and all of it. Flyracing.com, please check it out. It's the stuff that uh, the Max Anstey and Dino have been wearing and RJ Hampshire as well. Flyracing.com, get it at motorsport.com or your local dealer. And please check out the Formula Helmet Fly Racing guys have put so much work into it, and it shows. It's quiet. It's lightweight. It's super safe. They've got different price points for different shells, but the same great safety features as well. Fly Racing, best out there, bro. And uh, thank you to Maxxis and Renthal, Maxxis Tires, MXSTs, developed by Jeremy McGrath. Jeremy uses uh, Maxxis Tires on his dirt bike, on his UTV, on his mountain bike, and more. Uh, great e-bike tires. The Minions are the ones that I use out here in Vegas. So uh, please check them out for dirt bike tires, light truck tires, trailer tires, mountain bike tires, all of it, Maxxis.com. Thank you to those guys for coming on board. And you know the t- dirt bike tire works pretty well. I mean, A-Ray put it in the main events, right? So you got to figure that out. And, uh, yeah, check it out, Maxxis.com. And the folks at Renthal uh, Pro Circuit, Bones Bacon, the team he worked for forever, uh, uses Renthal. And uh, as does Factory Honda and Red Bull KTM and more. So great guys there, Renthal.com, made over there in the U.K. You've used Renthal if you've ridden a motorcycle for any type of time. And you're listening to this. I guarantee you on that. Uh, they've got the cloth bar pads back for vintage, you vintage guys. Uh, so that's really cool to see. And Renthal.com for more information on that. Dealer locator site. Uh, on their site, I should say. Dealer locator to find the products that you want. They also have a bar bend uh, site. You can type in 
the stock bike and find out the Renthal blend that matches the most. Or you can even type in a competitor's bend and find out which Renthal one matches that. So uh, Twin Wall Bar, Fat Bar, the, the um, Fat Bar 36, the old 7 8 Bar, chains, sprockets, grips, all of it. Mountain bike stems, mountain bike bars. The bars are aluminum and carbon and or carbon. Renthal, man. Appreciate it. All right. I want to thank uh, you people for listening, first of all. Really feel like the shows have been super strong lately when it comes to uh, WUSA with John and Kristen Anderson or this Bones Bacon or Mikhail Pichon. I, I really liked catching up with Pichon as well uh, the last little while. And uh, these one-on-one interviews are great. Like I, I've talked to all of the riders right now that are racing for the most part on pulp shows or even done some long-form podcasts. But the people that can really say things, the one-on-one interviews that can really go in-depth and aren't afraid of uh, getting anybody mad at them um, are the ones I enjoy, like Pichon. He's long retired, right? Bones doesn't care anymore about telling us stories about riders and the things like that. Don Richardson, the guy who invented the full floater. I got so much good feedback from that, you guys. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. A couple of business opportunities, too, that came by for Don that I passed on that I think are, are, are in the works. So that's cool. He's got to be stoked on that. Also, Mike LaRocco, right? I did a LaRocco pod. Uh, I didn't talk to Mike forever, and he was great. John R. from Yamaha, uh, another guy like Bones that is just a, a legend in the industry that's seen it all and done it all. Love talking to John R. a while back about uh, suspension and working for Yamaha and, and all his other passionate things. So, man, I've been really enjoying these one-on-one podcasts, and I hope the guests have been good. Uh, I'm trying to find like, look, anyone can be like, Hey, here's, um, here's 30 minutes with, um, you know, Colt Nichols or whatever. And I just pulled a name out. Colt's great. But I feel like lots of guys are doing that. I feel like that's, that's out there. Right. And, and I've talked to these guys on the pulp show for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So I'm trying to find some guests like Bishon, like Don Richardson, like bones, like John R John and Kristen Anderson, like Things like that that you guys may not – you may know the name or you may know what they do, but you don't know their story, right? That's the interesting part to me is everybody's story and and people who can speak freely uh, without sponsorship issues and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm trying, man. All right? Uh, but back to this one. Thank the Bones Bacon. Uh, really cool to have Bones in, and uh, he's, he's, he's awesome. And a while back I did a podcast with Skip and Mike Hooker uh, about the beginning days of Peak. Speaking of another one that I liked um, – and it all ties together with what Bones is saying and everything else about the Pro Circuit machine and the legend that is Pro Circuit. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. appreciate it. I uh, hope you've been enjoying the shows. Here's Bones Bacon. Uh, I love doing this one. Thanks for listening. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast. All right, everybody. Uh, like I said off the top, uh, maybe a time I didn't think would ever happen. <laughs> uh, but sitting me uh, across from me in studio on the uh, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, he is a legend in the industry. And uh, I got to ask him about why he's still working because I thought we were all celebrating his retirement not that long ago. Jim Bones Bacon. What's up, Bones? How are you, man? Canada, how are we? Thanks for coming in. Yeah, this is awesome. I know you've done a few of these shows already. I've been bugging you for I years. Know. <laughs> uh, thanks for making the time, though. No, we, uh, we had some other, uh, we kind of wanted to bundle it together with some other friends. And then yeah. we're going to go to Phoenix for the Supercross. Uh, I have family in Phoenix. My mom lives in Tucson. We're going to drive down to see her after yeah. that. But uh, the last time we flew to Tucson, we flew out of uh, LAX. It took us three hours to get there. So yeah. we were like, hey, we should just drive to Vegas. It, uh, yeah, well, you're still around the races. You're still, you're still testing a little bit, still working with the team. 
We all thought you retired. <laughs> uh, we saw, you know, we talked about it. We, we mentioned it, right? You're a longtime yeah. uh, pro circuit uh, a guy for suspension and chassis. But, it, what, like, so are, do you just work around the days that you don't fish? Like, or what's the what, what's the, the desire to come back and kind of be – I mean, you're not fully involved, but what's it been like? It's actually been awesome. Um, when I first retired, I kind of just yeah. – done, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, kind of regrouped and relaxed and went fishing and – um, and, and prior to that, it, you know, the, the catalyst for retiring was, you know, I, I just got tired of just like we just did came out of a motel room and went, which way do I go? What city am yeah. I in? You know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I don't know it. And I had, I had been with my now wife for a long time and, you know, I, we'd fly home on a Sunday and I'd see her for maybe a few hours, mm-hmm. you know, and then get up and I'd usually fall asleep on the couch <laughs> And so it wasn't fair to her. So I decided, okay, look, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I, I, I just, I want to, I want to call it quits. I want to retire. We got married the very next weekend, sold my townhouse in Anaheim Hills. We just talked yeah. about and moved to the high desert and we live in Spring Valley Lake. Now we got a lake community where I can go fishing all the time. Uh-huh. And yeah. we have a cabin in Big Bear where it's under an hour drive away. So I can go up there and relax. But I didn't, you know, I still love motorcycles. Yeah, of course. So um, I just kind of slowly got back into doing a few things that I wanted to do and that Mitch needed help with. Uh-huh. And it was on my own time. No stress. Number one, no yeah, stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was, that was doing me in. <laughs> so I take care of the Supercross tracks at Glen Helen, 30-minute uh, drive. Yeah. And uh, which is more work than you would think. Sure. And... Um, as as that progressed, you know, he wanted me to go to some test sessions and kind of stay involved with the race team. And I would, I promised him when I retired that I'm not going anywhere. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm a little bit away, but I'm not going to, you know, I, he's one of my best friends ever, yeah. you know, yeah. if not the best friend I've ever had in my life, you yeah. know, and I'm not going to leave him hanging. And, and, um, so I still helped out with projects that came up or things that popped up. Hey, Bones, where's this? Oh, go open my old cabinet, go to the third drawer. It's right there, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that type of thing. But yeah. um, it, it's evolved a little bit more, but not much, to be honest okay. with you. And, it's, and I guess the key part is it's on your time. Yep. It's on, hey, yeah. can't make it today. Yeah. Fish are biting or I, I'm, no, I'm no fisherman, so, but, yeah. you know, that type of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's funny because when, um, when I first retired – I forget why, but um, McGrath was at Glen Helen one day when I was getting the track ready, and he and I had a conversation, and he kind of said, because I was a little bit, man, I'm, you know, kind of not yeah. feeling real cool about this, and and uh, he goes, Bones, the same thing. He says, you're you're not going anywhere, you know, yeah. you're going to end up doing what you want to do, but it's on your own time. Yeah. yeah. And he's the one that kind of told me all that, and it made me feel a lot better, and right. and. I'm doing exactly that. You right. know, I'm, I'm helping Mitch out when he wants it, when he needs it. I was just down in the shop a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. talking to him about a few things. we got the grandkids now riding desert races and yeah. some Grand Prix. So sure. I'm involved with that a little bit. Yeah. Just, um, ah, it's awesome. So when I quit being a mechanic and I didn't have nowhere near the career you did, but I went into the media end of things and I found myself, what I missed, I didn't miss the work. I didn't miss the stress. I didn't miss the pressure, all the things you talked about. But what I did miss was going to the races and not really having that. I mean, it's a roller coaster of emotions, right? You win oh, and you're yeah. high. Oh, yeah. Your bike breaks or your rider crashes and you're low. But I almost loved the ups and downs of the adrenaline of racing. Mm. 
and you certainly had more highs than lows, but you know what I'm talking about. Were you able to be okay with that and being no. like, okay? No. <laughs> you can ask my wife about that. Okay. So you're still all I, in. I get, um, <laughs> as I did when I still worked there, as I'm getting a little bit better, but okay. I'm involved enough still yeah, yeah. for our races, the lights class, mm-hmm. I get so nervous. Oh, okay. And I can't even sit down and watch. I, 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 <laughs> I used to pace really bad, and I, I find myself still wanting to do that sometimes. Okay. Not, I'm getting better. Yeah. But I would get nervous, and I would get grouchy. Oh, yeah. And, I, and then, you know, if we're, if, we're, if we're going through a phase where we're not doing real good, I, 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 sometimes I didn't even watch it. I would, I would just – I enjoy watching the 450 class. Right. And I can just yep. – I, I would – and I still do. I have my laptop out. I'm watching lap times. Mm-hmm. I'm watching segment times. Always blowing it in this segment, and I'll, I'll be texting Ian okay, so, or Mitch. And so you're still all I in. still do that, <laughs> but I'm learning how to breathe yeah. and so do relax. You still a watch more. every race. Like yeah. Oh, still, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So you haven't got to that point. Yeah. No, but we'll we'll actually have yeah. um, we'll have parties at our house. We'll, okay. We'll be out back yeah. with the, with the big screen and the. And right. the fire pit going in the wintertime, yeah, and yeah. she'll be barbecuing, and we'll invite friends okay. over. And so, but come our race, it, if we're in it, I gotta <laughs> I gotta find my own little space, and yeah. and I'm getting I'm getting better at that. Right, but. right. Oh wow, that's interesting. Okay, I was <laughs> I was thinking that you would tell me that it was nice to step back a little bit, but you're still all in. Yeah, it sounds like yeah that way. You know, yeah. uh, when you went to Mitch and. You know, I mean, whether it's uh, anybody who comes from Pro Circuit knows what they're like. Anybody who's worked there has been like what they're like. You know, Jimmy Perry, of course, a mutual friend of ours, and I worked with him at Yamaha. You guys are all in uh, all the time, and, you know, it is a dedicated race team where everyone is just fully invested. So when you went to him and said, Mitch, like, and I don't even know how old you are, to be honest, but when you went to him and said, hey, I, I I think I'm done, you know, like, how was that conversation? Yeah, I was 58 when I told him. Okay. And he didn't believe me. <laughs> and I'm not sure I believe myself either, okay. but I had made up my mind. Yeah. I had a because talk of, with my yeah. financial guy and he said, no, you're good. Yeah. And there, and then, um, like I, like I told you, it wasn't fair to hurt my wife yeah. either. And, yep. and, um, but I had that first conversation with Mitch and, and I honestly felt like he didn't believe me. And then I told him this during Supercross. Okay. I think towards the beginning, I forget exactly when, but I think you it was said this kind is of my the last beginning year. of the Supercross. Yeah. I said, yep. the last outdoor national, mm-hmm. which which yep. was Ironman, yep. I go, that's my last day working at Pro Circuit. And uh, we'd be sitting in his office, he'd be talking to his mom on the phone, and then and then just break in, and he goes, oh, and I got to figure out what I'm doing with Bones, and he'd look at me and go, what are you going to do? <laughs> I, I go, Mitch, I... I'm, I'll be good. Like, yeah, I kind of yeah. thought he, and I think he really was kind of worrying about me. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't do this. And I go, Mitch, <laughs> you've taken care of me pretty damn good Yeah. when I worked here. Yeah. I'm good. Right. Just let me go. Right, right. <laughs> uh, oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. yeah, so he didn't really believe you. And then Iron Man comes, and we're all sitting around. I, I mean, it was, it was yeah. two, three weeks before Iron Man. Yeah. Before he hired someone to replace me, <laughs> just hoping you would change your mind the whole time. That's that's well. Great. And the other yeah. thing I told him um, was, this is a young kid sport. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was fifty eight at the time and not very good. Still, I'm not good on the computer. Yeah, everything, all my notes are yeah. written down. If you've ever looked in the cabinet oh, behind yeah. my old yeah, desk, you showed me the cabinet. You you, pull, you pulled out a, a random notepad one time, and you're like, oh, look, this is Jeremy in '92. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, all right. So, yeah. So, uh, 
I said, you need to get some young blood in here. Yeah. Someone that can click with the kids that we work with. Yeah. Someone that's good on the computer and that can take, I really, really wanted this to happen. And someone that can take the suspension department, let alone the race team, that's Mm -hmm. separate. Yeah. Take the suspension department to the next level. Yeah. And do a better job for you. That's not me anymore. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. I'm done. Yeah. So that's kind of, that was kind of it. And he, and so he finally believed you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, that's that's funny. That's interesting. Um, all right, let's get into the time machine a little bit. I have some I have some questions for you about like uh, sort of suspension technology and where we're at with suspension and the different things that you've seen and worked with over the years. Okay, but let's go back into the time machine. You're from Arizona. Uh, you grew up racing there. I, I sent you a photo from Cycle News. There was an old photo uh, from I don't know '84. Oh, maybe and, racing uh, Golden and, State. Yeah, and it showed you said Jim Bacon here. Yeah. Like uh, you were you know you were getting sideways in the corner. Um, How'd you get into motocross? So originally I was from New York. Uh, I was born and raised in New York. When I was kind of in middle school, we moved to Tucson, Arizona. Um, we had to come out there for health reasons for my mom because mm-hmm. she had arthritis. So yep. she once we got there, she was doing awesome. Um, she still lives there. But um, neighbors down the street. And, and we had we were into stuff when we were kids and lived in New York. We had a snowmobile in the wintertime and a little five-horsepower Briggs & Stratton minibike. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the summertime. And so I was always interested in that stuff, but, uh, the neighbors down the street had dirt bikes and they raced. Yep. And in Arizona, they have alleys behind all the house for the trash. So everybody's riding their dirt bikes up yep. and down the alleys right by the house. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so I kind of, kind of just got into that on my own, uh, with help from the neighbors and we got involved in, in the dirt bikes. Yeah. And I think my first ever real dirt bike was a 1975 RM125, okay. bought it, yep. got stolen two months later. Grandma loaned me some money, uh, like a real legit loan. My yeah. dad filled out a payment book with interest. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, oh, to yeah. buy a 76 yeah. YZ125 okay. and started going to the races with my friends yeah. and, and just got into it. But, you know, you and Cycle News, yeah. you know, you open up Cycle News, everything's yeah. going on in California. Yeah. yeah. So I graduated high school and got a job as a welder, uh, went through a trade school, got a job as a welder, but... Got hurt, broke my tailbone. They laid me off. My buddy goes, "Let's move to California and race." <laughs> Pino station wagon yeah. with a three bike trailer, windows open, stuff hanging out the windows. Yeah, off yeah. to California we go to live in his cousin's sixteen uh, foot camper trailer in his carport. That was it. That for six months. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. lived in that camper wow. trailer. And Your parents we, were fine with this. They were like, "Yeah, like I mean, whatever." Go well, on. Once again, yeah. my my dad loaned me mm-hmm. five hundred dollars to get going. Yeah. I mean, we hit the ground racing. We we drove there. The next day, we were on our way to Indian Dunes. Yeah. Got lost. <laughs> got there as the races were already going on. So turned around, yeah. went home, went to yeah. Saddleback the next day, yeah. Saddleback Sunday, and just started doing all that. Um, and um, I, and after a while, we're like, you know what? We sh- we should try to look for a job because our money's Cause, running out. Cause you how, know? How are we going to keep alive? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's kind of how it, that's kind of how it started, you know. Yeah. Um, Did, were you good? Did you get to a? No, no. N- never? I mean, in Arizona, I got I got into the intermediate level. Yep, yep. And then you moved to Southern California. Yeah. I dropped down to novice. Yeah. And it took me a year or so of racing to even break into the top to, five. To get up there, yeah, yeah. And okay. then I remember winning my first race at Ascot, and then we'd do Golden State races yeah. and stuff, and I would get top five sometimes. Yeah. And so this is late seventies. Um, no, is, we moved. We we moved in uh, seventy nine, mm. 
So okay. it was late, yeah, yeah, late seventies, early eighties. I started working for Mitch in eighty four, but I I got a job at a steel company, okay, in Norwalk, and I worked there for five years, welding and, and things like that, welder, fitter, fabricator. Yeah. When did you start getting interested, sort of, and have an aptitude for making your motorcycle work better, either motor work or suspension work, or like how did that come about? Were you one of those guys that was, you know, interested yeah. in it? Always tinkering. Always okay. Even yeah. even when I had my first RM one twenty five got yep. stolen, yep, and had my YZ, and then later bought another RM. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I learned everything on my own yep. the hard way because okay, yeah, okay right. that broke. Don't right. do that again. <laughs> but I got to the point where I would split the cases on my own. Yeah, and um, I would. Man, I wonder if I took a little Dremel grinder sure. on my drill bit and I ground this port a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah. Because it's just notchy and it doesn't match the. You know, I yeah, just started okay. doing little yeah, things like yeah. that. Okay. You know, so always had that sort of yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then. Um, I told you that I was when I moved to California and got a job as a welder. Um, Mike Guerra worked for Mitch at the time. Yeah. Mike Guerra got a job at Yamaha. Right. So Mitch needed to hire someone, and I had already run into Mitch at Saddleback one day. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. How yeah. do you first meet this guy in a wheelchair? As Mitch calls himself in the early years, he yeah. said a kook in a wheelchair. That's what he's used that <laughs> he term for. He still is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I got. Um, I think I raced Huskies. Well, that was your in right away. Um, yeah, that was my that was my deal. <laughs> I I um I bought a husky. Uh, there was a shop called Arizona Motorsports in okay. Tucson, yeah. and a guy named Carlos Serrano, which oh, yeah. is a really famous. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. He managed that shop. I bought my first 1978 125 husky from okay. him. Right. So I rode huskies, and when I moved to California, racing at Saddleback, I had a problem with my bike one day, and I look up on the hill where Mitch always parked, yep. see this van that says Anaheim Husky. Right. I'll go see if he knows, yeah. can help me. Right. And uh, I went up there, and they go, no, ask the guy in the wheelchair, the kook in the wheelchair. <laughs> and uh, he came over, and I'd, at that time, I had, because the Huskies were so slow right. back then, stock pipe and everything, and um, I had actually made it a 175. Okay. <laughs> and I had this little spacer plate under there. Yeah. And I spray painted it black. <laughs> and He just called you out right oh, away. Oh, like that. <laughs> he, I come up, and he tells me how to fix the chain tension. He said, come into the shop next week. Yeah. And, I'll get you the parts to fix it. And right. I start riding away. And by then I already, that's another story, but I already had bones on the back of my leathers. Oh, okay. So he goes, hey, bones. And I stop and turn around. He goes, that thing's a 175. <laughs> and I'm like, how did you know that? Yeah. And I just laughed and took off riding. <laughs> and I went into the shop the next week to buy the parts that right. I needed to fix my bike. And he, and he goes, hey, that's that bones guy. You know, yeah, yeah. that's how bones came around. So. Well, I figure you got bones because you're tall and skinny yeah. and like, right? Like that well, it skeleton. Came, it, it came because I, I had a bet with my buddies. Okay. I went to have some leathers made. Okay. Back then they yeah. were leather. Yeah. At a place called Vera's. They made leathers for like speedway guys yeah. and motocrossers yep. and went there to have some leathers made because nothing fit me because I was tall. Right. And skinny. And um, so as we were driving away, my buddies were like, I I don't know how this came up, but it was a, a dare yeah. that I wouldn't have something like the bony kid put okay. on the back yeah, of the leather. Yeah, right. So I went, turned around and went back in there, and the bones. lady's like, we can't fit all this on the back. We can't fit the bony kid back here. How about just bones? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's how it happens. Does your wife call you bones? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, unless, she's, just, unless she's really mad. Yeah. No, she's I know. some other name. No, I'm right. just joking. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it uh, it's I kind of figured that, that I worked that one out. So Mitch called you out right away on the one seventy five, and you got your chain fixed. And then, um, and I guess just like I mean, so Andy Brosho is a friend of mm-hmm. mine. Andy Jefferson's a friend yep. of mine. Me too. He, 
He wrote, yeah, and he wrote a husky. Yep. And him and Mitch found each other. So I guess all the husky guys. Oh yeah. Because Mitch is holding strong, right? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> well, that one scared me too. Because so when when I started going to the shop, I think the second or third time I went in, it's when he started Anaheim Husqvarna okay. with a little yep. triangle uh, logo on the jersey, which right. which Fox brought back this year. Yeah. Yep. And some of our guys, like yep. Forkner, I remember yeah, seeing right. Forkner on TV, and I took a picture of it, and I found a picture of me and my scrapbook yep. with that jersey oh, on. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. But anyways, he goes, he goes, hey, I'll give you – I want you to wear my jerseys. Okay. I'll give you two jerseys, and I'll give you 10% off on parts. Oh, yeah. And I was yeah, you're, so stinking excited. You're a factory rider at this point. Exactly. Right, right. Like, I, yeah. I remember going home, like, for real. I remember yeah. going home, and I call him my dad. I was so excited. Yeah. You'll never guess what happened to me today, and <laughs> I – did he say you had to ride a 125 now, though? <laughs> was that oh, I mean, I always, I always rode 125s. No, well, but 175. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah. that's true, yeah. Right. Um, oh, that's – so how do you – are you – Well, do, then he made them fast, so I didn't have to ride a one, good point. 175 yeah. anymore. Uh, so are you doing more suspension work at this point? Are you doing – No, like, I went to work for him at first yep. to be the mechanic, like the split cases because okay. I already knew how to do that yep. and on my own. And, and Mike Guerra taught me how to rebuild, rebuild the Olin shocks that came on the Huskies. Yep. Gave me a, which I, is still in that cabinet behind my old desk, gave me this little black book where he had some AC back and settings and some okay. Andy Jefferson settings yeah, and yeah. stuff in yeah. that. So he taught me how to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I was the rebuild guy on, the, on that stuff. And then when he went to sell the dealership, um, which he saw the writing on the wall. I didn't. I was devastated. I'm like, dude, I, I, I want to keep riding Huskies. You can't. Sit. And they. Oh, I didn't know he sold it. He sold. He actually sold. He it. sold the dealership because they were gonna. They I were just gonna, thought he folded it. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. He wanted to get more into Japanese bikes, right. which he was already starting to do. Make them exhaust pipes. Yep. He was yep. always always doing motors. And then, um, so we he sold the dealership, and then, uh, but he made a deal for me when I started working there that because I turned him down the first couple times. Okay. I even called my dad. My, yep. my dad's like, "No, you, you're at the you're, welding you're shop. You're a welder, you're, yeah. If you get you your got, if you, you got insurance, welding, you got yeah, profit sharing, right. you got yeah. retirement already. Yeah. You're gonna." And I'm like, "Finally, Mitch up the ante where he would. He basically bought me bikes. Yeah. We'd sell them at the end of the year. Yeah, pay for all my parts. And, right. And I'm like, I, I'm gonna kill myself if I, <laughs> if I don't at least try this. Yeah. And and my boss at the welding shop gave me a leave of absence for a month. Oh, okay. So if it didn't work yep. a month, I yep. could go back and get put right back in. So. Yeah. Uh, That's how all that worked. Were a young Mike Hooker and Jimmy Perry oh, yeah. at this point? Uh, they started coming around, like right a there. sweeping, like hookers that he cleaning just, pipes, right? Just sweeping, cleaning pipe. pipes. Yep. yep, doing all that. Uh, and you know they were just kind of hanging around. Ah. Uh, and Hooker said, like, yeah, they would just. Those were great times. Get out of school, go right down to the yep. shop, do whatever was needed, and ride their bicycles back home to work or back home. You and know? Jimmy's parents were. That was like my second home. I couldn't afford to eat. Okay. A lot of the times, and I lived a long ways away, yeah. and so I would go to Jimmy's house after work. Okay. And his parent, his mom and dad would feed me. <laughs> I mean, I got. I didn't like some of the food they made one time. They had a. They had a dog that would sit under the table waiting for you to drop food. Yeah. I remember taking some cream corn that I didn't like put on my hand. I'd just slowly sneak it under the table <laughs> and the dog would lick it up and I got in trouble with his mom once for doing that. Oh, but that's funny. Um, we just lived and breathed dirt bikes. So there was a, was there a point? Uh, so Mitch's business is starting to slowly climb, right? Yep. He's no longer just doing Huskies. He's yep. starting to do everything. Uh, was there, And you you were doing cases and I spent in cases and doing mechanical work. At some point, maybe you were maybe going to do like work, start working the dyno and start working the pipes or, or, or when Gara left, it was like, I want to do that. No, I mean, that that was my job. Um, so basically we would have, and we started getting into Hondas pretty heavy. Yeah. And so I would spend 
the first part of the week, taking bikes apart or tearing motors apart, making parts lists, ordering yeah. parts. Yep. Middle of the week, I would work on suspension. And then parts would come in. So at the end of the week, I'd put the engines back together, put the bikes back together. Customers okay. would come and yeah. pick them up, go yeah. race. Right. And there'd be times in the Honda heyday back then in the 80s yeah. where I'd have... I'd, I'd go through and revalve all the forks, get the springs laid out for each customer, and I would have a row. You remember the com, the conventional yeah. 80-style forks, yeah, yeah, Showa forks yeah. on the Hondas? I would have a ro- row of them lined up, Yeah. and I would put all the oil in this gallon arrowhead jug with pull spout, okay. and I would just fill it, go to the next just, one, just fill like it, like close like it, an assembly it, line. it, close yeah, it, fill yeah. it, close it, then I'd one at a time go bleed it, and I'd have a hooker would help me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And, I do that, and then actually, not too many people know this, but um, guy that I have the utmost respect for, um, Ross Maeda. Yeah, he kind of mentored me when I first started. Um, Nineteen eighty-five, Bob Hanna raced the Florida Winter Series. Yeah, and Brian Lunnis wrote out a on a notepad, wrote out a setting for the shock. Okay, that he used back then, and and I didn't know how to do this. Yeah. So Ross taught me how to do it. Showed wow. me how to do that. Yeah. Took the first couple down to his, his place, and yeah. he showed me how to do it. And Ross and everything. is KYB at this point, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. But I'm buying. We're buying some oil. We're buying oil from him and some mm-hmm. parts from him and things like that. So we got. We're doing some yeah. stuff together. And so I started doing that. Yeah. And then Ross would do all the KYB stuff. I came on the 125s. Yeah. And his wife would come in the beginning of the week, pick stuff up, <laughs> bring it back at the end of the week. I'd clean and put a sticker on it. Yeah. And you were and, doing show up. Yep. Yeah. So then it's just got busy and busy and it just you know we what we needed to be our own deal but yeah. to this day i i i mean ross was so cool to me yeah well when, when i was a kid we used to take his bike when he raced we used to take his bike in the box van to golden state races oh, okay. he needed to drive up yeah, or fly in and right, race and, right yeah he yeah, he's he's, awesome. he's one of the greatest oh uh, my gosh uh, even you know when i started out as a mechanic i didn't know shit i yep. thought i knew more than what i did know and ross would talk to me and teach me and Tell me some stories, and he didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like yep. I, I'd go down to his, I'd go down to Enzo, and we, he'd spend hours talking to me. You know, yeah. and it was great. I, I just, I, I love Ross. Kurt Rude used to work there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, uh, and Stig Peterson also was another. Yeah, you know, he just passed away not too long ago. But so your, uh, so now you're, you're uh, at some point. Um, Jeff Hicks is one of the top privateers. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mitch is doing his stuff. Danny, Danny Sorbeck, right yep. yeah, and so this is where you guys start getting some momentum with real pro riders, like yeah, I think maybe yeah. the one of the first Hicks was right there, one of the first right. guys. He was Hannah's buddy, mm-hmm. still is Hannah's buddy. Um, and I would start thinking like, I wonder what would happen if I changed the shim. Yeah, I, I'm on a little bigger here, a little uh, wider, you know, and yeah. I just start experimenting yeah. with him and some of the other guys that rode through the shop and yeah. And um, Jeff Lease came over from Australia right, right about then 86, also. 86, yep. yeah. And we built a 125 Honda for him to do uh, Golden States with. Uh-huh. So I started doing some stuff with him. And and the other the other thing, which is probably a good spot to make this, clear this up, is I, you know, I've obviously done, worked with a lot of really yeah. great riders yeah. in the time I worked for Pro Circuit. But it's all because of Mitch. Yeah. I mean, they didn't come in. To have bones work kind of suspension <laughs> yeah. back, especially back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came in because Mitch built great motors. Yeah, had awesome exhaust pipes. And oh, by the way, if you want to get your suspension done, bones can handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had the opportunity to work with a lot of great riders right from the get go. Right. And my learning curve. Yeah, you just, think about, you start in '84. 
yeah. Hicks in 85 and Storbeck in 85, these guys are crushing it, pulling whole shots yeah. and you know, using your pro circuit stuff, right? So, yeah, yeah my learning curve was big. A lot of yeah. mistakes. Right. A lot of mistakes, and you learn from them and, and uh, just try to be – and I got to a point where – uh, I got a little cocky and started thinking, you know, hey, okay. I got this. Yeah, yeah. But I got, I remember Jody one year just. Uh, Jody Weisel? Yeah, yeah, I had yep. two or three, which I love that guy. I had two or three bad articles in a row. Oh, okay. Like really bad. Yeah, and yeah. I remember just I talking to Mitch about it. I go, I got to fix this. I, I go, this is awful. Like like test bikes. Like, like hey. He did an we, article, yeah. magazine article. About like. This is the worst suspension I've ever ridden. Oh. <laughs> what oh, model yeah. was it? What, what model? I don't bike? remember. Okay, okay. It's probably in those over there. We can dig it up. <laughs> yeah, I've got all those too. But uh, I just remember going to Jody. I said, Jody, I, how, what can I do to fix this? Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. So he And yeah. I kind of stopped racing at the time. And yeah. he goes, first of all, you're going to get your bike back out. You're going to clean it up. And you're going to go to REM and you're going to race. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. And you're going to work with me and the other guys until – we're happy. Yeah. And I said, okay, whatever yeah. it takes, I want right. to do it. So I remember going to REM for three or four weeks in a row. And is this mid-80s time, or when is this? Late yeah, because yeah. I had a 125 Honda, so it was okay. probably 88, yeah. 89 okay, right yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, um, maybe even a little after that. But right. uh, um, I just uh, I remember the first couple of races, I, my hands were bleeding. I had to pull off, and then I tried to miss my moto. And I'm like, I really did not want to do this. And Jody's <laughs> over there putting gas on my bike. Yeah, he's like, my ready chain. to go. Hey, come on, let's go. Yeah, and yeah. Wow. I ended up at the last little stint that I did, and that was probably one of my last races. I remember right. I actually started scrapping with some people and having fun again. Oh, yeah. But, well, of course, uh, anybody who went down to Pro Circuit the last, I don't know if it's still there, but your 90 CR 125. Yeah. That from Mammoth is Ooh. still in the shop. It's, it's. Do you finally have that back at your house? Or? No, I ended up selling it because it was just okay. sitting there. I had yes. Lee McCollum go through oh, it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And if you've ever seen it, Lee's, yeah. I told Lee, I, yep. dude, don't, I want to ride it again. Right. Don't do it like your normal bikes. Yeah. And I got it back, and I'm like, it's a work of art. Yeah, you're like, I can't ride this. I, I, yeah. I started it, and it. I swear, you can ask Carmichael this story. Yeah. Because he brings it up every now and then. <laughs> he was at our shop one day, and I rode the bike back, and bat, bat, just how it, yeah, just that yeah. snappy of right. a good 125, right. and he just turns and looks at it. <laughs> um, and he remembers that right. to this day, but I sold it for like nine grand. Right. One of the things I've always heard about you, uh, whether it's, you know, this is the last couple of years when you were working for Pro Circuit, or and I imagine the same back when you're doing this test with Jody or with Hicks or whatever, is your work ethic. Like, riders are like, God damn, Bones, it's, it's 6 o'clock, Bones. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And you're like, no, just, just try this. Just try it. You know what I mean? Like, you seem to have a super good work ethic, and I imagine that's really served you well because the riders that I know that have worked with you, uh, uh, just, they're just like, he's there all day. Like he just, yeah. he'll never stop, you know? So, so they're right. First of all. <laughs> um, and, and back then I remember going testing with like Lampson that yep. the riders would have to help work on the bike also. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Like Lampson would sit down in a chair, get a drink of water, wipe his face off, take a break. And then he would come up and help me change the shocks and yep. forks. And yep. then we were at central down in Elsinore mm-hmm. and going riding or wherever it was. And yeah. That don't happen anymore. Um, but <laughs> oh no, yeah. no, uh, Carmichael never got <laughs> no, off his bike to help no. help you with the shock. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean that was. I, I've had people go, "Oh my god, you work so much," and this and that. And I go, "No, it's not." Oh my god, yeah. it's like cool. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're discovering things, right? You're like, "Oh, that's better." But, but I'm living yeah. a dream. Right, right. You're working. I'm working. I mean, I used to think when I was a welder, especially, yeah. <laughs> I used to think I couldn't imagine there was people out there that actually had jobs right. doing something they enjoyed doing. Yeah. I yeah. thought this was a fantasy, right? You know, <laughs> and then 
So I was doing all that, and and I'm like, I, I just couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, I would sleep at the shop every yeah. other night in the box yeah. van. Hooker stories are yeah, yeah, pretty gnarly, you know. I mean, uh, it's so much fun, right? And we would r- still race, and we'd load up in Jimmy Perry's parents' motorhome on a Friday afternoon and drive to the Golden States. Yeah, um, yeah, crazy, uh, yeah. And, and you know, even Malachi back yep. then, he's still yep. he's still there. Yep. Got, you guys have this little created of this this group of guys, right? Randy, yeah. Randy still runs right. the pipe shop. Yeah, Randy, he shop was there back in the day welding pipes to begin with. Right, and, right. Uh, yeah, I've always thought, I've always heard that. I never worked with you um, uh, with a rider. Well, no, Nick Way in 02, but I was on the road. So, yeah. uh, But your, your work ethic is just like, let's get it right. What, yeah. What's it doing? Okay, hold on. You know, give me 20 minutes. Or, <laughs> you know, I know the tell. sun's going down, but yeah. Uh, Langston always teases me, Bones, you told me to put it clear lenses in my goggles because it was getting dark and be careful, <laughs> but I need one more lap. <laughs> yeah, I probably yeah, did do that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So along the way, you mentioned Ross, right? Yeah. And, and as teaching you and, and mentoring you, uh, are there Showa people too involved? Like, are, are you are you ever getting like a, a formal, are you ever getting a formal class? No. On, on, on no. anything? My Gara taught me. The fundamentals. Yep. Ross mentored me a lot mm-hmm. for you know a few yeah. years to get going. Stick Peterson a little bit. I mentioned yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so- and the Showa guys though, um, you remember Sam was um, a team manager for a while for Honda. Yeah. Then R and D for a long time. Yeah. Before that, yep. he started in the eighties yep. with Rick Johnson and right. David Bailey and all those guys. Yep. He was the Showa guy. Showa guy. Yeah. And I used to Around, go down after Jake, right? I think Jake or, was still there then. Okay, Jake was yep. still there. Yeah. And I used to go down there, and they would let me run the dyno or they dyno stuff for mm-hmm. me. And and um, when we first started the peak team, Sam helped me with settings. Yep. And then um, when Go- Breckler wanted to go to Europe and do the five hundred. Yeah. GPs yeah. in 88. Right, with the big we, bat with Mitch of yep, the Golden States. We did yeah. the Golden States where yeah. Mitch got his head shaved right. and everything. Right. I found that t-shirt the other day. <laughs> um, Sam helped me with some okay. settings yeah. with that and kind of mentored me. And I could always go to Sam yeah. and ask advice. And he would he was always cool to me. Um, so that, there's a few people yeah. along the way. But the nuts and bolts of it are, like you said, yeah. just freaking hard work. Well, and because, um, as you know, like it's not just a fork and a shock setting. It's uh, what clamps are you running? How thick are your clamps? Uh, where's your what's your races? What's your trail? What what yeah. uh, what swing arm are you using? What length you're using? I mean, suspension and cha- suspension and chassis are the never-ending uh, problem. You know. Well, so. I learned that. Um, I kind of I kind of didn't really learn a lot of that until we got into four strokes. To be okay. honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a little bit of yeah, it, right. but uh, I was wrapped up in just handling suspension. We didn't do a lot of chassis stuff on the on the two strokes. Yeah. Um, other than, you know, when when um, we started with Cowie, there was a few things that the race guys would say, hey, try this, try yeah, this chassis-wise. Yeah, yeah. But when um, we first got into four strokes with Tedesco, hands down to this day, Tedesco is one of the best test riders I've ever worked with. Yeah, wow. And I dove heavily into chassis stuff then. Right. More right. so, on like, he started that year in 04. Yeah. On a 125 first. And then uh, – he, um, at some point, we, you know, that four-stroke came out, yep. and Mitch wanted him to ride it. So we just took his 125 setting. I beefed it up a hair, put stiffer springs on it, yeah. let him ride it. And um, at that point, that setting stayed the same. Yeah. And we just worked on chassis. Right. Like stuff like you're talking about, yeah. you know. And, yep. um, and uh, at that point, there was a couple guys at Showa that helped me with different tapers on fork tubes and things like that. But, right. You know, we went through clamps and linkages and 
all that kind of stuff. And we started dabbling into, you know, different yeah. motor mounts and head stays and doing this and doing that. And, yeah, you it's know, incredible. The flex swing arm angles and all, and of all that, that right? stuff. It's, yeah. it's incredible how much that affects the bike. So Mitch always and that's talks getting about, more and more as these bikes evolve. Yeah, more torque, more horsepower, right? More flex, more everything. Everything. Yep. Um, Mitch talked about. Mitch t- tells a story, and he's mentioned it a few times. You know, RJ picked this pipe, right? Mm-hmm. That you know, RJ loved his pipe, and Cliff White and all the Honda guys are like, "Ah, shit!" And he ran yeah. the pipe, and 1986. Yeah, yep. business started booming, and and you mentioned the and we mentioned the privateers earlier, but for you, was there a bike? Or a product. I mean, we went. You saw the innovation of like an open chamber fork to to you know cartridge fork right mm-hmm. around that time, uh, late eighties, and then the twin chamber mid nineties. But was there a bike or a thing you did to a bike that sold like hotcakes or really put your name out there or really like hey, Pro Circuit is the place that can f- fix this bike like 89 hondas were terrible and worst you know I mean? worst forks ever made 89, okay <laughs> 250 i just yeah. talked i just <laughs> talked to uh, chris durham the other day he calls me and asks oh, me about that? it i don't know who that is but... darren durham's dad oh, PR2. okay yeah yeah he okay, yep. owns pr2 mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah they're, 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 he calls me the other day and he goes bones 89 cr500 and i just stopped and i said that <laughs> worst fork ever made and i go don't talk yeah it's filled with metal shavings yes yeah the spring tube, the Teflon band on it, it's just packed with metal shavings. It's got sh- metal in the in the shims. Yes. <laughs> and I go, look at the fork spring where they chop the coil at the end. Yeah. On the inside of the fork spring, when they cut it, it looks like a lathe bit. Oh. Does and it, is on that... the outside of the damper tube, there's a little sleeve yeah. that's part of the bottoming system. And every time that lathe bit goes, goes... over that tube, it, it cuts a groove in it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. So, so but, but to, there, to answer your question, yeah. not really. No, okay. I think I think yeah. what, like I said before, I think working with the the riders yeah. that came into the shop, and then you know being associated with the race teams mm-hmm. and and I mean just helping so many different riders back then from you know yeah Brian Manley to Larry Brooks to you know guys like yeah. that back in the day and rollerball. Did you ever do rollerball? You work on rollerball? no, no. I, he was always. I don't. Know, think I think he was a Ross so. guy. He was a Ross yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, I got a list of riders you worked with. Yeah. Uh, Six hundred pro riders. Uh, absolutely incredible. Never mind every single fast amateur ever. Yeah. Um. So what do you remember when Peyton comes to you and says, "Hey man, we're the official Honda 125 team for '91. Like we're we're it." Yeah, I don't know the exact day, but it was like. <laughs> It was pretty chaotic because I'm sure you've heard the story before of us not. Yeah. Like, he got those bikes running so good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so good. And like I said, show help with suspension. So we had a really bitching bike. Yeah. You guys just crushed but we it. we didn't man. have one put together before we went to the first race. <laughs> we were cutting graphics out the night before the race in Orlando yeah. in the motel. Raw. Yeah, just... And then we couldn't get the tent together that morning in a parking lot. And everybody's coming by making circus noises at us like, like you don't even know what you're doing. We yeah. finally got the tent up, which was the first tent yeah. that, that two box trucks could park under. Yeah. And the tent matched our bikes, matched our gear. gear yeah, the team, the team shirts, all of it. And yeah. after that, everybody's like looking at that's cool. And I remember Wardy and Matasevich, I think, sitting on the starting line waiting for their practice mm-hmm. to start. And yep. Swink and Buell were around practice, and those bikes would go by. And I remember their heads just turning and going, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And then that race was epic because we helped Ryan Hughes, yep. Kawi at the time. Yep. He led most of the race. And um, 
Swing him and Swing him battled like, yeah, in the last yeah. lap, and we were I was standing next to Mitch, and we were looking at each other. We didn't know who won. It was that close. <laughs> it was that close, yeah. Yeah, those bikes, I, I watched a um, an outdoor national on YouTube from 91, and Swink. Mount Morris. Yeah. And Emig is on a factory Yamaha, which mm-hmm. wasn't a great bike, but what a factory Yamaha. And Swink goes around him like he's standing still. Yeah. I mean, Swink's a great rider, but the bikes looked like a rocket ship. They looked like they were unfair on at high point. Uh, you Brian, know? Brian, Brian, Brian. Yeah. So much talent. Yeah, really, right? Um, he He's told everybody he never should have left after the first yeah. year, right? He got a bunch of money from Suzuki, and and he left, and it yep. never worked well. So when do you meet that McGrath kid? Are you doing his stuff at Hondas in 89 and all that? So or? he's a privateer. Yeah. Um, and I believe we start, started helping him right away in 84. Oh, okay. 85-ish on a Yamaha. Yep. When he was just a privateer doing Paris Raceway and yep. stuff like that. And then um, he won that, Loretta's in 87. That bike. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, maybe we did help him then. For some reason, yeah. I remember helping him on a Yamaha. But okay. then, then the the clincher was in '89. That that bike, like I said, those yeah. were the worst forks ever made. Yeah. And, and I was still pretty green and kind of couldn't wrap my head around him. And and he was struggling. And I remember Mitch being at Carlsbad calling me on the phone one day and just saying, "Hey, which way do I go on these clickers? You know, this and yeah. that." And trying to make him happy, and we we could never really get him happy. And that was the story about when he left. Yeah, which he doesn't you know, go out and say it's really about suspension, but that was a lot to do with it. To go to Cowie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to just oh. to leave Pro oh, Circuit. Oh, leave Pro at the Circuit. Time. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he went on to ride a Cowie, won yep. his first Supercross race, right. and then, you know. I think he had White Brothers doing his stuff. Before. I think so. I yep. think they were doing his yep. forks and yep. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he felt more comfortable there. They had a, they had a lot more experience than I did at the yep. time. Yeah, And um, But then when we when we got him on the peak bikes, I remember, and I and I even said this, and and Mitch remembers me saying it when he when he left Peak Honda yeah. to go factory yeah. Honda. Yeah, I remember thinking, I go, man, we're never gonna be able to talk to that kid again, right? You know, why? And, well, just again, I thought, oh. you know, he's going factory yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, doesn't, yeah. you know, right? And he's gonna be big time and everything. And I yeah. go, but he was the exact opposite. That that guy is one of the coolest guys I've ever ever yeah. known. Yeah, I talk about Ross Maeda level of. Yep. Uh, uh, he's on that level. He would for go me too. out of his way. I mean, at first he was comfortable with us. Yep. So he'd come over right away. But even years down the road, when he's already got some championships under yeah. his belt, I can yeah. remember walking through the pits and I hear bones. Yeah. And he didn't. I, yeah. I don't. I don't see him. You know, yeah. he's just hollering at me, and he comes over and hangs out and. Yeah. And, um, you know, I told you the story when I retired, you know, he kind of set me aside and talked to me and yeah. made me feel pretty comfortable yeah. about that. He's, yeah. he's one of the, I mean, there's, there's quite a few, but it's, it's in the grand scope of our industry. It's yeah. kind of rare to have someone that cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. That accomplished and that cool yeah. for sure. Uh, so the Honda thing works well. We know that two years of that, uh, they ditch them. They bring the program back in house. And I did a story on, on the first year of Kawasaki on racer X about those bikes were terrible. Hooker was just in here a few months ago talking about how yeah. bad it was. But at least for your end, you did get some decent suspension. <coughs> I mean, okay, but okay, I yeah. mean, and a slow bike is always good. And, to and you know who well. you know who helped me then a little bit too was Rick Ash because mm. uh, yep. he was doing suspension on, on I didn't for know their Rick guys. Ever, I, yep. He did motors. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I thought okay, so he did, yeah. suspension. he did suspension. He would help me. He yeah. would always. I would always show him what I was doing. Yep. He would hey maybe try this, maybe try that, or he'd come over and have me push on their bikes. And, yeah. Hey. Maybe try to make your bike feel a little more like this. And oh, he would give wow. me ideas, okay. you know? Cool. So that was kind of cool. Ash pipe. Yeah. I had one on my 125 Husky. <laughs> oh, you did? I still have an oh, ash shit, pipe sticker. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Loudest yeah. pipe ever made. He is a great guy. Super oh. quiet, but what a, what a nice guy. What an accomplished career, right? Um, yeah, but he, he was cool to me. And then, um, yeah, when we when we 
uh, started on the Cowies, man, Mike Hooker. Oh, my God, did he have his work. And Mitch yeah. had their work yeah. cut out for him on the engine side. Yeah. Oof. That that Gaddis championship is maybe the most unlikely title. Uh, you know. At the test track, we, we hired Mike Chamberlain yeah. and Jimmy Gaddis. Right. I remember Rick Ash coming to me and going, Bones, I got a question for you. And I, and I go, yeah. And I go, why did you guys hire Gaddis? <laughs> like all this puzzled look on his face. Yeah. And he goes, I, I get Mike Chamberlain, yeah. you know? Yeah. But why Gaddis? Right. But if you look back, kind of, he was on a Suzuki, Suzuki prior yeah. to that. And yep. he was, there was some flashes of speed right. on the, uh, well, on the him, Suzuki. Him and Budman were basically the same speed. And Budman yeah. was pretty good. And, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, yeah, you had a three-man team, right? You, <laughs> the 93 years. So, uh, but, I mean, at this point, you're, yeah, you're, you guys are on your way, right? Yeah. And I imagine, is there, do you remember a year where your department at PC took off a little bit? Where you were like, holy shit, like we got to handle, we got to hire a guy. Like, oh, suspension yeah. wise? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When we started doing all that stuff, I mean, there was days where, my God, we got backlogged so bad because yeah. you can't, you can't foresee that stuff sometimes. Yeah. And then when yeah. it starts coming 20 well, plus sets a day, start coming into your shop. <laughs> yeah. And they're just yeah. stacked in the right. corners. You don't yeah. even, you, you know, you have these bitching little racks. Yeah, yeah, but they're full. <laughs> uh, well, especially like the, the snow's melting. Yeah, and people are just oh, sending, that was another thing. Sending. Yeah, you had to right. you had to know the back east seasons, yeah. and yeah. you had to know like uh, the summer lull, and when right. the new bikes come out, and yeah. you had to prepare. I finally grasped all that. And, how are you? How are you doing the race team? Doing magazine stuff, and then you know like amateur races. Nine, nine amateur racing, uh, 93R M125 comes out, and it's a new KYB fork. I'm just pulling one out of my ass. And you have to work with someone to get some sort of setting for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you don't, I mean, you don't have the time to, to delve into this thing hundreds of hours, but you need to give the customer something that you feel works well. How are you balancing all of that? Like, I, I, got a, I need yeah. a setting for a production bike, and then I got, I got, uh, I got Mikhail Pashon yelling at me to go testing, and I got, you know what I mean? Like, God, that seems hard to do for for a one man show. Well, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Yeah, sleeping at the shop at every <laughs> night, and, and and I I swear to you, I mean, I loved it. Yeah, I couldn't it get did, enough of it. Didn't matter, and we yeah. just worked. And most of the people, uh, you know, you call them enthusiasts, and you call them, you know, those, those that breed of people is slowly dying. Yeah, and it's kind of sad because you know times are times are different now. But I mean, we just. We just worked, and yeah. you know, on the production and customer side of it, I would always have someone I would go testing with, and mm-hmm. someone I had, you know, yeah. ninety three was probably Sean Pagel or someone like that. Okay. It was an amateur racer, yeah, yeah, which I'm yeah. still friends with, and I would always have someone that did a lot of my production testing mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. and um, we would just get it done. Yeah, just seems, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm just thinking once, of once, your... once racing starts, the the race team's kind of. Other than a few yeah. little hiccups yeah, here and yeah, there, yeah. the race team's done. Your, your development's you can, done. and You can yeah. focus on other stuff. But right. you plan the year out, plan your seasons yeah. out like we just talked about yeah. and the ups and lows of it and still going to amateur races, going to Loretta's, yeah. going to Winter Olympics, right. going to the Texas rounds. Yeah. So, doing all that. Well, that leads me to next, one of my next questions. Like when it comes to – like Hooker managed the team for a little bit, right? Jimmy sort of stepped into an, uh, I don't know if he was a full manager, but he was pretty much a manager, yep, crew yep. chief manager. Yeah, uh, Osterman came and went. Allie came Allie, and went. Yeah. But like, did you ever, like, did you ever want to do that? Did you ever want to no. like, you just, did no. Mitch ask you? No. He never asked you. So I had you my just, hands full. I know, but someone else can do that and you can, man, like, you can step back a little bit, but no. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> ah. 
I still have that same problem now. Okay. I go down to the shop mm-hmm. and I see something. I see a sticker on Crooked. <laughs> I say something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, ah. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just, I if I'm going to do something, I, I got to do it perfect. Right. Mitch would always, my wife can even tell me this. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just working on the sprinklers in the backyard. Bones. They got to be. I got a tape measure. I'm measuring from sprinkler to sprinkler. Um, You're just like this is the way it works. Um, she yeah. wants me to hang pictures in the right. on the wall, yeah. and I've got them laid out on the floor. I got tape measures. I'm drawing a diagram of how they're going to go. <laughs> well, that's not what I do, by the way. That's not me. Okay, but, but yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If, if someone's going to do your suspension, yeah. you want someone like that? Yeah. That's a yes, perfect... I do. Okay, yes, so... I do. Uh, so the managing thing was never your like. No, yeah, just I not... just yeah, I didn't. Right, Mitch ultimately was the manager yeah no matter yeah, of who was in of that course. seat right they got it right um so uh carmichael and Stu, a couple of kids you worked with right yeah from back in the day like does that when you go and work with those guys and i don't know how old they are 12 super many days yeah. right like i mean somewhere around there are I you just, i just showed debbie a picture i found of so we went to the trailblazers bank okay. last week and yep. i was trying to find these pictures Finally found that I had one photo that had Brad Lackey in it, uh, Mark Johnson, Jeff Ward. This is 1977. Okay. Um, Jeff Ward's dad, Brad Lackey's dad, uh, Whitelock, who was AMA. Oh, okay. He was a mechanic yeah, yeah. for uh, – this was Jeff Ward's bike, but he wasn't Jeff Ward's mechanic. I don't know who's mechanic, but he was in this yeah, photo. Yeah, so yeah. I yeah. <clears throat> found a bunch of other photos, and one of them was the one I told you about with – Pastrana on an yeah. 80 where I'm yeah. testing with him at Racetown. Right. I found one with Carmichael where I'm lift at Ponca City lifting his KX80, KX80 off the stand. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was the first year we could help him, but we couldn't really sponsor him because he was sponsored by some other companies. Okay. Yeah, FMF maybe had a deal, I think, um, with Tim Green back then or something, I think. Oh, anyways. Yeah. yeah. Bars. Oh, Bars. Bars competition, yeah, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Rodney Bar. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And some other suspension company. And yeah. then I don't remember, but we he wanted, Mark Johnson wanted us to help him. Mm-hmm. So we did the whole bike. Yeah. But not one Pro Circuit sticker yeah, on yeah. it. And there's I found a picture of me working on that bike. Right. Or helping him adjust it. And then picture of uh, Bubba at Loretta's after on a KX80, yeah. maybe an 85 then. Right. Uh, working or at, at the podium, me and a kid that used to work at the shop travis wicks yeah i remember travis yeah yeah, yeah. and travis. uh so yeah we, we started at when they were young right you know right. and doing all that stuff we helped bubba on the mini bikes his last couple years on mini bikes right. and 125s until he went factory did it did it bum me out when he didn't want to go pro, pro circuit james yeah yeah a little bit huh yeah yeah i mean i think they, i got it i understood yeah it. i think they wanted the gear money and then they wanted you yeah. know, a factory team quote unquote right Which yeah we guys, went through that a little bit with ricky yeah. in there you yeah. know and then um, but Ricky well, actually wore Axo for I think one year maybe. And, oh yeah, no, no, yeah, he yeah. wore Fox the one year, and then it was the only two riders I've ever not worn the PC gear. Ricky and yep. Pashawn. I did a podcast with yeah, Pashawn, by the yeah. way. Yeah, did you? Yeah, he was great. He was awesome. He he had nothing but great things to say about uh, you guys. Yeah, he was he was super nice. We just helped his uh, son with some suspension yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, so you see these guys, you work with these kids, you get to know the parents, right? And and, and when you talk about Pastrana, I'm just touching on. Stu and Ricky, but there's, yeah. I mean, na- name them, right? Um, are you like thinking to yourself back then, like these guys are going to be like the greats? Like, like, are you, is are you are you just like because you've seen some of these phenoms oh. come and go? So are you just like no, this this is for real? Yeah, you know that then. Yeah, you don't, 
something's different nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you knew that then. Yeah. I mean, you you watch both of those kids. They were kind of grew up yep. in separate. Right. But unless something happened with the bike or they crashed gnarly and something happened with the bike where they couldn't continue, <laughs> yeah. they won. Yeah. I mean, every moto. Right, right. So you're just like, okay, yeah. And Kevin Wyndham was kind of like that a little bit. Yeah. Because we helped him. We built his bike. He rode his first national, led to the last lap, yeah. and Doug Henry passed him. Yeah. And, um, you know, you get these kids that come up like that, and it's there's no question. Yeah. And nowadays, it's a question, no matter yeah. how good they are. I think because of the four strokes, I think <coughs> nowadays the f- amateur four strokes for the elite kids are so much better than the what you have the other kids have. And I think you are like, well, is that the bike or the kid? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think we, there's we, a little bit of we that. We still built, like for Cowie anyways, Mark Johnson would build factory bikes for him all. Yeah. I mean, they, he would spare no expense yeah. in doing all this stuff. Yeah. And so the, the bike thing, okay, maybe, maybe, it, maybe yeah. it has four strokes. But yeah. some, I think there's also, back then, you know, it was Big James and Jeannie. Yeah. yeah. And um, Dwayne Windham, you know, just helping their kids, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, bringing yeah. them up. There was yeah. no schools. Yeah. No compounds. No riding facilities. Yeah, sure. no place to go. You're riding in the desert. Yeah. Or in the hills. Right. You, back then, there's no tracks really yeah. to ride at. I right. mean, we didn't start going to Glen Helen to test until, I can't remember when, but we always went to yeah. somewhere out in the desert there was yeah. a track, and that's where we did all the <laughs> riding and went. testing. Right, yeah. right. Uh, by the way, Jim Bones Bacon on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by the folks at Maxis, Renthal, Cobolinks, Motorsport.com. Speaking of suspension, Cobolinks. Lowering suspension link from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Uh, please check it out at motorsport.com. Use the code PulpMX to save. And motorsport.com. Great guys, great prices. Uh, they sell Pro Circuit products as well. And uh, go through the banner and help us out on those guys. That would be great. So I don't want to keep you for too long. i got a lot more to talk about here. But I'm going to go through some of the team riders over the years. And I just want you to tell me what you think of them. In a, in a funny story, general thoughts on them, anything that stands out. All right? Gotcha. Okay. We'll, 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 I thought this would be a little fun exercise. All right. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, let's go swink. Uh, just talent. Yeah. Good. Yep. I mean, fun kid. Yep. Um, and a, and a kid, but man, when he when he started on that peak team, the things he could do on that bike were just yeah insane. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we lost him too soon though. We did. Uh, Buddy Antonis, the second year. The Bud Man. Bud Man. I felt Buddy was awesome. So there was a race at San Jose in 92. Yeah. And we also helped um, Tyson Volan on mm-hmm. a DGY Yamaha, did a suspension and, and pipes and stuff. And in that race, McGrath crashed in the first turnish, was way back. Antonez was leading. I'm like, yes, Antonez yeah. is going to win. Yeah, he's and got McGrath it. just starts mowing it. Wasn't mowing that the it, race it. Jeremy had his broken leg? or No, no, that wasn't. No, Sorry. No, no. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. And just starts coming through the pack yep. and just mowing it. I'm like, God <laughs> dang it. And he, like, last lap or something like that, he passes Antonez. Yep. Antonez gets second. Tyson Vol Pro Circuit goes one, two, oh, three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Volan gets third. But I that race, to me, sticks out with Antonez. I just felt so bad for him. Yeah, yeah. He got second so many times. <clears throat> yeah, and then um, watching him to go on to do the uh, arena cross titles, that was pretty epic. yeah. yeah. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, like he, I, I know he's he's I think he's tied with Dennis Hawthorne for the most titles. I think so, yeah, something like that. And maybe one of them did him consecutively, yeah, or something like that. I don't know. But Kyle, it, Kyle Peters says yeah. that he's shooting for his record. Kyle yeah. Peters has a bunch. He's doing awesome now. Uh, all right, we'll go to Jimmy Gaddis, the champion. Funny, funny, cool kid. Yeah, 
I mean, just the stuff he would think of. He didn't. He, he didn't he, cuss. He just he'd shoot, you know, and all yeah, this all yeah, the time. Yeah. And he told us a story. He told me um, a story where you were testing with him. He roosted you, and you uh, went home. I got mad. You went home. He didn't roost me. Oh, he roosted my box man. Roosted the van, and you were like, "I'm leaving." I just pull in, <laughs> and he just buries the side of it. I'm like, "Really? We just got it painted." <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. You'd also just got it painted. And I'm that like, part of the story wasn't. Oh wasn't, wasn't, my wasn't. god! I was so mad. And I just turned around and blah, right back <laughs> out. There's no way, wait. I go. <laughs> I heard that. Uh, funny. Uh, all right, 94. Uh, Ryan. Ryan. Ryan Hughes. Rhino. 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 I got a lot of stories with Rhino. Um, he. I mean, probably everybody would say the same thing. Probably one of the riders with the most heart. Yeah. Of anybody. Yep. Gnarly. Bad temper, which helped him sometimes, hurt him sometimes. <laughs> yeah, both, right? Um, yeah. yeah, gnarly uh, guy. Uh, Pichon. Talent. Um, talent. Yeah. he Just talent. He won those two years. And so, then, yeah. yeah, but he, he came over to begin with yeah. on 125 Honda. Yeah, 93. And we built that bike, and um, yeah. Yeah. Just another kid. Uh, talent. Casey Johnson, the next year, 96. So, Casey, I'm going to go back to amateur stuff with okay. Casey because Casey was just awesome. I remember, I'm, I'm going to think he was on a YZ80 when we first saw him ride at like Ponca City. I remember Sharon Richards was there and we yep. helped him and he came up and Sharon's like, oh, this kid's so cool. And then his mom was his mechanic. Okay. Like top ends, yeah. tire changes, right. everything. Yeah, his dad was out of the, out of the picture, right, for, for his whole career? Yeah. And she just did the whole thing and another kid that, Man, he he got some really bad injuries when he was on Yamaha, Troy, yep. I believe, and yep. you know maybe arm, it, a real bad arm or something. The, the story I heard, and I got it from reliable and sources, he, but he oh. had to race with Carmichael. Yeah, so he was always Shadow and Carmichael. Well, that goes to my story I heard from pretty good sources that one time he was telling Mitch like, "You don't give me Carmichael's bike; he's got something special." And Mitch is yeah. like, "No, no, he doesn't. He's got the same as you guys." No, no. All right, Mitch is like, "Go ride it." It's funny you say that. So yeah. there's a story. I had to do that once at an amateur race. Okay. Remember Travis Elliott? Yeah. His dad, Franz, yeah. came up to me kind of – That's his helmet up there. Oh. The Plano Honda one. Huh. Yeah. Awesome kid. Yeah. Uh, he came up to me one day and said the same thing. And okay. I said, all right, when this race is over, mm-hmm. come with me. Yeah. And I went over, Big Rick, I need I need to pull the motor out of your bike. Oh. For what? I go, I'll get you a new one. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you did this. Yep. <laughs> Gave it to Franz, yeah. and I said – Okay, there you go. Yeah. Wow. Next, yeah. Nick, I go, if you don't beat him next yeah. race, I want an apology. Yeah. And you got the apology, I'm guessing? Uh, yeah. I, think, I don't remember that oh, part, but right. uh, there might have been some other reason that yeah. popped up. But, uh, yeah. Craig Decker. Suspension guy now. Yeah. 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 And I think yep. his dad, Will, does yep. out here. And, yep. and is Craig in Texas? Yep. Craig's awesome in Texas. Awesome kid. Yep. We helped him as an amateur. Um, awesome family. Um. I remember Donnie Schmidt would come over here from Europe, and we would take him testing out by Craig's house in Yucca Valley all the time. And yeah. Yeah. Good kid. Uh, Nick Way. Our, <laughs> our buddy Nick Way. Still a pain in your ass. Nick is To awesome. this day. Him and his mom. He, what, uh, I worked for him in 02, and I, I – So I yeah. – and, and Nick won't mind me saying this. So I used to, I used to tell people, and still do, I call it the Nick Way syndrome, where you, you, you just got to start – at some point, you just got to ride your bike. <laughs> you can't – got to quit trying stuff. Yeah. And because yeah. you got to get used to it, you yeah. got to know what it will do, what it won't do. Right. <clears throat> and I used to go to Nick's truck 
yeah. when he'd be out doing motos, and I'd open up his toolbox, and I'd find linkages in there, link arms, <laughs> different parts at races, and I'd just gather them all up, take them back to the box truck, lock yeah. them away in the cabinet. Right, right. You're not getting it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he he's – I Love I, him to death. Though. Right, of course. One yeah. of the greatest guys out there. Yeah. You know, when I worked for him one time, he got a brand-new helmet from a paint job, and we were rooming together. We were privateers, so we stayed in the same room. He put the helmet on top of the TV, and we were watching TV. And then five minutes later, he'd get up, and he'd turn the helmet a quarter turn. Go back to the bed. <laughs> he was looking at his helmet on top of the TV from all angles. I'm like, what are you doing? But that's Nick Way. So. I remember his, his national win at Millville. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Like, he wrote good. I remember talking to him between motos. I, for some reason, I think Mitch wasn't there, mm-hmm. which would happen. We would alternate yeah. sometimes. and. I remember trying to motivate him for the second moto and got him all pumped up. And he was all excited and jittery. And... Uh, all right, we'll keep going. Uh, yep. Nate Dog, Nathan Ramsey. Oh, my gosh. He fought with Mitch, huh? He At fought the with... beginning, yeah. yes. Yes. Yep. But then he went on to be, man, he did a lot of testing for me. We uh, we just we just hung out with him not too long ago. At, uh, where we were? We were at Dave and Buster's. Somewhere right after a race, he did a podcast with. Um, oh, I was there. Yeah, yeah, that's I right. Was there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nate. Nate's, that was cool. Nate's good people. But um, so the second year he broke his wrist or something, and he uh-huh. had this brace that someone made him. And I remember coming down to the shop, opening it up on a Saturday, and we spent hours on the belt sander and oh, yeah. got some of Mitch's porting tools out, kind of grinding and massaging this brace for him to race with. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good guy. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, famous story. Mitch sent. Nate, Nick, everyone on the team that year, some Nike running shoes. Running shoes, yeah. Yeah. Nate thought it was awesome. He got free shoes. Nick said he lit them on fire. So, good times. Uh, all right. Uh, Mike Brown. Mike Brown. So, oh, man, this will be a tough one for me. Why? Um, because. You fought with Mike Brown? N- no. <laughs> and and I've got a pro- It's my problem where I kind of dwell on stuff too long. Okay. My wife will kind of tell you well, that, she'll too. She'll vouch but- for that, yeah, yeah. We helped Mike Brown as an amateur. Yeah. His whole, I mean, Jim's motors, peak in Jim's yeah. motorcycles. Yep. He won his. One, he. I remember the one and only race at Cleveland. Yeah. Was it Cleveland? No, Pontiac. No, Cleveland. Oh. oh. Only had ever had one race there. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Cleveland, where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum yeah, is across Cleveland. the road. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. were building at the time. Okay. I remember asking someone, "Hey, what are they building over there?" Yeah, yeah. Well, he won that night. Okay. Ninety-five-ish, because. Keyshawn was on our team. Uh, is this when he was a privateer? Jim's motorcycle. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so we did his stuff. I helped him with XRs for the four-stroke race. I mean, right. we did whatever Mike Brown wanted, yes. we did. And yeah. he was on the peak team for a while. Yep. And then when he was privateer Yamaha or privateer Honda, mm-hmm. when Tedesco rode for mm-hmm. us in 0405 right yep. in there. Yep. We did a suspension. Mitch did the motor and everything. Then the season, and he was leading points, I think, for a little better. He yep. won some he races. Was, I yep. think he won Bud's Creek. Yeah. He was picked um, for the designations team. Yep. Yep. And then things started on wine for him, and he kind of blamed Mitch for that. Yes. So I was in the loop on all of that. Oh, okay. And if you remember Dave Chase, the late Dave Chase. Yep. Yeah, great guy. Yep. Fantastic. Worked for us. Yep. And the service department did his engines, okay. Mike Brown's engines, yeah. and dynoed them and everything. And they were, they were, they would come into the race shop mm-hmm. on a Monday morning, and just walk in and go, "We kicked your ass this weekend." <laughs> and so it was really cool for. Pro for circuit. Those guys. Yeah. For the shop. Yeah. Yeah. That Mike Brown was doing this. Yep. So that thing went sour. And I I that just tore me up. It did? Yeah. yeah. It yeah. really, really yeah. bummed I me out. Brownie's, and I could Brownie's agent man friend guy was in the yeah, mix. Yeah, he worked and, for Troy Lee, yep. came over at the yep. time. And yep. um 
anyways, it was a really bad deal. Um, and I didn't. I still haven't really talked to Mike. Really, huh? Uh, yeah, okay. And that's yeah. that's on me. Right, right. Um, I'm a little bit bummed that I was like that, but it's you know Mitch is good with yeah, him now, and yeah. and and the next he, time I see him, I will go out of my way to say hi to him. And actually, he's uh, a bit of an odd duck, though. To be fair, yep. I like Mike. I got a lot of stories. Yes. <laughs> well, Jimmy told Jimmy Perry told me like all the championships that you guys won. That was keeping the hardest, Mike, yeah, focused. keeping Mike focused to win that title over Langston we go, was the hardest thing ever. We hooked him up with Carmichael to try yes. to keep him focused, right. and then one day we get a call from Ricky, and he's like, "When when are you going to stop sending stuff from yeah. Mike Brown here?" And I right. go, "Why should we stop? I mean, he needs these parts." Yeah. I go, "He's not here." I heard this. Story. Oh my god, <laughs> Mitch went off. I like for weeks. He's back in Tennessee. Yeah. No, Mike's- we come we come into a restaurant one night. Uh, I mean, these are funny, kind of funny yeah, stories. Now I yeah. laugh about these. Um, we come into a restaurant one night. We get to the we get to the race. I forget where it was, and and uh, we see Mike. I think I'm sitting with Ali Seymour or yeah. somebody. We see Mike, and he comes up and hey, how you doing? I go, hey, how was the dealer dealer meet? Because I always had to go dealer yeah, signing. Yeah. So, oh, was it busy? Yeah, a lot of people there. And blah yeah, blah yeah, blah. And yeah. then he goes away. And ten minutes later, Bruce Sternstrom comes up and goes, hey, what happened to your boy? Yeah, yeah. What do you mean, Mike? He didn't show up. Yeah, he was there. No, he wasn't. I go, he just told us he was there like 10 minutes ago. Right. Mike Brown was not there. Yeah. The dealers are mad. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's Brownie. Yeah. But actually, and then Styles Robertson, because he was kind of tied up with that training group down there. I remember talking to Styles Robertson one time. He goes, yeah, Mike Brown says you don't really like him. I said, you know. That's on me. I got do me a favor. Yeah. When you see Mike, tell him Bone says hi. And I have it. I have the. Um, when he wrapped up the championship that yep, year at yep, Steel City, yep. crossing the finish line, checkered flag waving, yep. he signed it to me, wrote a really cool note, and I have it hanging on my, in my garage. Right, right. So. Yeah. No, I, I, can't, I can't blame you. That whole thing was... Uh, yeah, that, it, that it, one, it, it, I hung on to that one too long. Yeah. That, that's on me. Right. Uh, especially because Mitch has made his piece, so... Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, you know what I mean? Uh, all right, next one, Eric Sorby. Oh, my God. <laughs> The guy would run his bike in the garage. The devil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my he, God. He had some good rides. He's awesome. Yeah. But he, uh, yeah. at Unadilla one year, we were, um, came over the, either the radio or no, one of the AMA guys came to Mitch and said, you, so Mitch came over the radio yeah. and said, but Sorby's cutting the track. We got it. He's got to stop cutting the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going up one hill and yep. he goes through the banners and then off and then. <laughs> Hey, May guys are out there putting the banners. He yeah, mows them yeah, down. He, finally, he almost ran Duke Finch down. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm the first one back to the semi, and and uh, I tell Sorby, and I said, dude, they black flagged him. Okay. Finally. Yeah. And so he's back there before the riders. I go back there, and why did they black flag me? And I go, uh, you're cutting the track. Yeah. Dude, everybody was cutting it. And I go, no, 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 I swear, everybody, you come down that hill, and you cut to the other. Oh, that's not where they're even talking about. So that's two spots you cut the track. <laughs> they're talking about the uphill where you ran over and almost hit Duke Finch. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> oh, Great guy, good. though. Yeah. I mean, yep. he still talks to Mitch. We, you know, talks, talks to him about riders. We, right. we had him co- go over one year um, when we went to France one of the years for Motocross of Nations. Yeah. And he helped us immensely over there, yeah. obviously, with Which the language done, barrier yeah. Yeah. and where to go and where to ride and right. all that kind of stuff. Right. So. Yeah, he's helping Barstow over there a bunch, right? Um, all right, we'll keep going. Grant Langston, you got him on the GL. You, know, you, G, you got him when he was, you know, done with like a couple injuries, KTM, so, you know, all of that. Yeah. So that goes into Mike Brown a little bit. Right. 
So we're at that Steel City race, the last one, the yep. first moto. Yep. Corner in the back before they come up towards the finish line. Yep. Um, GL goes to cut inside of him a little bit, and, and not even close, but just sticks a wheel. Yeah. And Brown goes around the corner, and then Brownie turns around and flips him off. Yeah. And then at the finish line, it says something to him, and I'm like, what are you? Yeah. He hit me down there. I got, he didn't even touch yeah. you. You know, Brown was melting <laughs> yes, at yes. this point. I was on a KTM working for Kelly Smith. So oh, okay. It was intense. Yeah. Yes. And so that rivalry. Yes. Yeah. But Brownie initiated most yeah. of it. You yeah. know, we we had Binghamton that right. year. Like, he passes Langston, and he's motoring. <laughs> and then he turns around and just waves Langston on, like, you got yeah. something for me? Come right, on. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember we talked about it on the headset. Why did he do that? <laughs> Stop it, bro. And it just fired. We yeah. tell you all like kid about that now. Yeah. But. Great, great guy. Still one of my good friends. Yeah. We talk a lot. He hangs out with us. He came to the cabin once. It's amazing he never won an outdoor title for you guys. He got hurt, but he was fast. Oh, yeah. my God. He was certainly fast. He's you, GL's you, awesome. You guys really, like, obviously he had to drop down to 250 Supercross or 125 Supercross, but you guys really, like, set him up for the next phase of his career. Yeah. Like, he, he was on the, you know, he'd been hurt. He couldn't ride KTM anymore. You know, all that, that stuff, That one right? year, though, he, he when we started Supercross – would have been the second year he was with us. It was like that first. I remember going the first day at the Supercross track, and it was like we could go racing that weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. It was like he never stopped riding Supercross, right, right. and then he was on fire outdoors. Yeah. And then he, the first year, and then he broke his wrist at press day at yep. Vegas. Vegas, because yep. we'd already done our outdoor testing. Yep. And then he did his ankle at Hangtown with Alessi. Oh my god! <laughs> it's amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brett Metcalf. Meddy. Yeah. So many podiums for you guys. Not many wins. Yeah, <laughs> no, he was he was a good kid. He I there was times where I felt bad for him because yeah, of that. Yeah, Villapoto Townley would push him you know, hard work to, ethic. Yeah. Um Yeah, did good. Christophe Purcell. <laughs> she lived that with me. <laughs> the bike is shit. <laughs> the bike is sh- we we almost went to blows at Glen Helen one. True day. story, true story. He told you the bike was shit. Oh. Uh and then you took the shock off, sprayed it with contact cleaner and put it back on. No, no. Okay, I got that from a mechanic. No, that you were like, and then he said it was good. Then he said it was good. I did that with someone. Oh, it wasn't Purcell. One time. Okay, okay. Larry Ward. What was <laughs> Larry? All right. Seattle Supercross. He yeah. was in practice. What? 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 What do we have used your stuff? A Pro, Moto Triple X or something? Or no, I just helped him on a Suzuki one oh. year at a privateer. Larry oh, Ward. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Seattle Supercross, and he was. Fast in yeah. practice. And yeah. I remember leaving the practice after the first practice, high-fiving his mechanic. He's yeah. top of the board over standing everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could hear him hollering before we even got to the pit area. This bike is horrible, you know? Not, yeah. not shit, like yeah. Purcell would say. Right. But we got to do something. It's too stiff. It's too stiff. And so I told the mechanic, take the bike off or take the shock off. Yeah. I took it over, pulled the spring off, cleaned it with contact cleaner, wrote with a Sharpie the next, like, if it was a 5.6, yeah. I wrote 5.4. Yeah. And I said, line this up to where he can see it. Yeah, yeah. Back on the bike. Wow. I didn't, I didn't break the preload rings yeah, loose yeah, or anything. Yeah, use yeah, my spring yeah, tool. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Next practice, top of the board. <laughs> See, I told you guys, this bike's awesome now. Right. You guys got to start listening to me. Like, shoot us out again. <laughs> Leroy's got a story where he would only use brand Leroy new production. Leroy was his mechanic, yeah. Brand new production forks. Oh, no, Leroy wasn't his mechanic then. Okay, but that, that's the story. Is I don't even I want the stock oil. You know? At San Diego one year, <laughs> he told Mitch, the stock bike's better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Mitch rolled away, called the shop. It was early in the day. Get that bike out of the showroom. Haul ass. Brought it to San Diego, rolled it up, 
took his bike off, put it back in the van. And what are you doing? Yeah. You just said the stock bike was better. There's, our, there's a stock bike I was sure of. <laughs> so, Purcell, uh, the bike is shit. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I finally I got up, and I'm like, the bike is not shit. Yeah. Yeah, the bike is yeah. shit. Yeah. And I, I, I like, had my – I got a thought I was going to hit him, and I finally turned to Mitch. I go, you deal with this mother – and I yeah, yeah. And I walked away. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look – And we had, to, yeah. we had testing to do that day, and he, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. But you're then, like, you're like, look, if you don't like the bike, that's fine. Tell me what you don't like. But the bike yeah. is not shit. Yeah. Right. So Mitch had to calm him down, talk to him. And then, right. you know, I don't know. And then there was a race at Unadilla where he uh, crashed in the first moto, lost the championship mm-hmm. or lost his points lead from yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, said the throttle stuck, right? No. Oh, okay. No, he just crashed. Yep. I never excuse then. And then he crashed hard. Yeah. DNF'd. Yeah. We went back, radiators, bars, levers, everything. I took the suspension off. Yeah. I checked the fork tubes to make sure they weren't bent, make sure everything was good, looked at the shock. Same components went back yeah. on. Won the second moto, had an epic battle with Trey Kennard. Uh-huh. Came from behind, mowed him down, passed him one. A month later-ish, yeah. he sees a video clip of him crashing. Oh, that's why I crashed. Suspension. The shock's too soft. <laughs> you're just like oh wow yeah and anybody wouldn't want to test no no uh i heard uh drove you nuts yeah uh off but okay. uh, off story yeah a good story because he oh, he is a good kid yeah um we had a bet where if he won i had to give him I, well, two things one yeah. i had to cook him hot dogs okay in the microwave okay with swiss cheese on them yeah ketchup on one side mustard on the other and if he won, I had to give him something cool. Okay. Didn't matter what, and I had to sign it. Okay. Uh, I gave him a used link arm one time, oh, wiped yeah. it off. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and he wouldn't leave the semi until I gave him something. Right. And you're just like, ah. Uh. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, <coughs> Stroop. Austin Stroop. Um, man, another kind of sad case. Yeah. I mean, we hired him out. Of, uh, that was one of the one of the last times I went to Loretta's. You know, we on a scouting mission mm-hmm. at that point, and we had him and Trey Kennard ride a bike, but watching them at Loretta's yeah. go at it and yeah. so fast, such a good rider. He was a kid at the time. I think he was lost. You know, he just wanted to be a kid. And yeah, got into the party. Got some scene money. And yeah, yeah. Talented though, right? He was very talented. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right, moving on to that. Uh, Blake Baggett. We helped Blake Baggett when he was road 60s. Oh, yeah? And his whole career. Yeah. And he had a little dog that I remember used to chase his tail in the pits at Paris Raceway. <laughs> and uh, on up to where we didn't put him on the team the first year. We yeah. put Dean Wilson on the yeah, team. Yeah, it, it was a little bit of a yep. uh, shootout, right, yep. between them, yeah. And um, But he rode Suzuki's for Hewitt. Bill Keith. Yeah, Bill Keefe and Hewitt, yep. 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 Or maybe Bill Keefe wasn't there. I don't think Keefe yeah. was there, yeah. And he won maybe a race or something on Suzuki's, yeah. and but we did a suspension and engines and yeah. pipes and everything. So and then the next year we brought him on the team, and <clears throat> those years where he found his niche and got that nickname. Yeah, he was unbelievable at times. I have a theory on that where he would he would hang out in the back of the pack so much, and he would have to explore every inch of that track. Yeah, to get to kind of yeah <coughs> to get coming through guys. the pack. Yeah. By the time by the time he got up there, he would know where to go, which line was bitching, and the other guys that are up front are just sticking sure. to the one golden line. Yeah, and he would just pick them. Never off. really heard that theory before. It's not bad yeah. though. Yeah, bad starts, and yeah. he had to. And he he would come on halfway through. Yeah, 
He'd have to like look through the whole pack and figure Good it out. Good shape. That was monster. A couple monster summers where it was really hot. Yeah. And some of the guys were affected by the heat, but he wasn't. Yeah, there were times that he was four to five seconds faster yeah. than the next guy, twenty minutes in. And I believe that it's and I, he he knew every line on that track, and he knew which ones were fast, which ones weren't. And the guys up front are kind of they don't have to explore the track. Yeah. They're sticking to the lines they know because yeah. it's they're up front. Right. Uh, Tyler Rattray. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. You liked him? Mitch was. Oh, Mitch God. had his eyes on Tyler for a long time. Yeah, uh, over in Europe. I'm, yeah, I remember talking to him a little yeah. bit when we go over from Motocross the Nations, yeah. watching him ride KTM, I believe. Yep, yeah, KTM. Yeah. yeah. Remember watching him? They used to air the races on TV and seeing him win the lights class over there. He was one of those guys. He was overshadowed by Dino and Blake, but he was so solid. But they just Energizer Bunny man. He never gave up. Yeah, yeah. The one year we went to uh, Anaheim for the first race. Oh man, we went. We had a gnarly. I don't know, forget why we had a gnarly preseason. Mitch was on a rampage. <laughs> um, we were working long iron. We always did that, but yeah, we just had so much stuff. And we got to that first race. I remember doing an interview with Jimmy Holly after that race, and I started crying. <laughs> I mean, it was like, oh, yeah. you know, you're just done. And yeah. you, the, the lead up to that race that those mechanics went through yeah. and everybody went through and. Even practice, people are questioning us. Oh, your bikes are kind of this or yeah. kind of that. And then we went one, two, three. Yeah. Yeah, there was some. And then Retray had the red plate for a while. Right. Yeah. There was some epic. Yeah. You guys went all top four at the shootout one year. Uh, I think top yeah, four. Yeah, he wasn't in that. No, but, but it was Weimer. Yeah, that year. So Weimer. Yeah. Yeah. Weimer, Porcel, Wilson, Hansen. Yeah. How was Hanny? He's. <laughs> He he was at some point, he was his worst own enemy. He at some point he wanted to change in a different semi because uh, of tickle. Oh yeah, right. Like, yeah. I can't be with tickle. You're like he would roost tickle at the test track. Yeah. He would just he would stop and he'd turn and roost him. And you're worried about the wrong person. Yeah, man. Like it's, I mean, tickle ended up winning the championship, yeah, but yeah, yeah. At that point, you know, I think Tomac. How about worrying about Tomac? Yeah, you know. Yeah. How about roosting him? <laughs> yeah. yeah, on the track, right? Uh, Justin Hill. An unlikely title. I know, but... An unlikely how title. How could you not like Justin Hill? Yeah. I mean, he's just always got a big smile on his face. Right. You know, he rode for us to begin with, yep. right out of amateurs, yep. and he struggled like a lot of them do. Yep. Hated the hoops. Second year, hands down, everybody on the team, most improved rider. Yeah. Yeah. Got. And, I remember, not, took but, a couple races, got a win, and then it was on, right? Well, that was yeah. when he came back. Yeah. Because then he went to KTM, yeah. I think, and... Troy Lee? TL, yeah, yeah, TLD, maybe. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then he came back, and... Yeah. Yeah. Won us a championship. Yeah. One of those guys like um, like Gaddis, like uh, maybe Dino even, where just the culture of pro circuit rises him, makes him rise to the occasion. Hanny. Hanny was a bit of a write-off. I mean, nobody really thought well, much about and that. And also Hanny was – so Hanny, when did he ride like X Games and stuff for TLD? Was that before that or after that? I, I think it was after I he could, rode for us. I but he won try. like X Games like yeah. three or four years in a yeah. row. Yeah. And we built his bikes. Right. Suspension and everything. right. right. Yeah, I think it, I think the, and then we put him on a cowie after that. So yeah, it was before that, and then he went to uh, the Coliseum, and he would have won, but his pants came unbuckled. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I think it's, I think it's like the. Do you follow NFL football? Yeah. You, oh yeah, yeah, we just started getting into it when okay. I retired. That's one of the things. I feel like the pro circuit is the New England Patriots mm. of the of the motocross world, yeah. where the tone is set, the work ethic is set, the the things you need to do. You know, this is the bar, yep. and these Carmichael to McGrath to Villapoto have all set this bar. This is what we do, and you can take a guy that maybe he's lost, 
but has some talent, and and you can make them into a race winner or maybe a ch- championship winner on the things that you guys do off the bike. Yep. You know? And we, we – I really believe that. Through, through the years, there's been riders that, you know, came onto our team and did good. And we had – especially when we first started with four strokes, we had the advantage because we had Dave Chase there and, mm-hmm. and, and Drino Miller. Drino, yeah. And between – and and Mitch, between those three um, – Reno helped a bunch, and then we had real good chassis that year, so it was a suspension, and I did a lot of chassis stuff that year. I told you about yep, that. Yep. It's hard to beat those, and I think everybody else, four-stroke-wise, was behind the eight ball. It took them a while to catch up. Yeah. It but, seemed so. like you could grab a Chris Gosler yeah, or, could, or, or, yeah. or a um, Darcy Lange or Ryan Morris. Darcy. Oh, yeah. Canadian, Canada's own. Yeah. Canada's own. Put them on your bike, and they could be a podium guy, if not race winner, yep. back then. You guys were the total package. And oh. the other the other thing, because we were just talking about that too, as far as the tone being set. Yeah. When we started with that peak team, and we started winning races, I mean, and and even with a few other people, I mean, that first year, like I said, with or the second year with um, Tyson Bolin yeah. was on DGY Yamaha. Mm-hmm. And the first year, ninety one, Doug Henry was on a DGY Yamaha, yep. and we did all this stuff. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And he was in the mix at some of those. But yeah. We won. Yeah. And we won. Yeah. And we won. <laughs> and I remember, I think uh, maybe Emig beat us at a race, or somebody beat us at a race mm-hmm. finally. And and uh, well, we went to we went to the first West Coast kind of race. It was at Houston, and I think Lusk won. Okay. And then Jeremy after that won just about everything. But I remember when we, after a while into this, we l- would lose a couple races or a race. And I remember just being so devastated. <laughs> like what and happens? I, still, still, but like we didn't win. Yeah. And, and I, I used to say this back then, I can't imagine people going to the races without having a, at least the feeling like we can win. <laughs> like it just seemed yeah. o- odd to me. And when we didn't win, it was horrible. And we just, why didn't we win? And we looked at everything, you know, whether it right. was engine suspension, <clears throat> right. You know, some, something maybe that we could do with the riders better or something. We tried to figure it out. I went to a race once with KTM, and all four of our riders, nobody scored a point all day at Southwick. <coughs> so just imagine lining up four riders. Nobody got any points. Uh, <laughs> Southwick that's, hasn't been friendly to us no, a few true. times over the years, yeah, too. We no. went there, Southwick holds a record of yeah. the amount of engines we went through in one yeah. event. I no, think. you're right. Yeah, no, there was some, there were some rough years. Uh, let's transition a little bit before I let you go here. Uh, thanks for coming in, by the way, again. Yeah. Bones Bacon. Uh, suspension technology, you, you've seen it all. Like we talked about, you've seen how the open cell fork and then mm-hmm. cartridge forks come along and then you run into twin chambers and air forks come along. What's been, in your eyes, uh, the biggest improvement, the biggest step forward for mm. consumers and technology and something that really works? Now we have air hybrid forks, right? Now we have, yeah. you know, we got hybrid stuff. Air forks are an anomaly on their own. They, they have come and gone really through right. time, yeah. numerous times. That I single-sided mean. one, nobody's doing that anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that wasn't so great. But you know what I mean? Like what, what was it a twin chamber design? And, or, you know, what, what, yeah, what I'd say think? closed cartridge. Yeah. When they started closing the cartridge on the forks was a, was a big one. Shocks mm-hmm. have kind of not really changed over. Right. I mean, they're. Do you like this BFRC? Do you like the technology behind um, the, that? Th- yes and no. Um, on the factory level, um, they always, to me, have had this calm, good traction look to them. Mm-hmm. They lack in 
making them stiff enough to do the things that the pro riders need them to do. Okay. And I and I believe that's even in, in outdoor motocross. Yeah. And at the beginning of the year, I think Kyrie was on the BFR, and, yep. and I and there'd be times where I'd go, man, that thing looks so good. And then you know the track because <laughs> the traction and all of that. But yeah. then they get to just every once in a while you, where you just really need it to be super progressive and and yep. not blow through the stroke. There's knowing the insides of it and how it works, there's really nothing there to kind of control that. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think they're work with getting geyser. away from it's it It's with geyser too. a little bit, but yeah, I think, yeah. you know, if you look at Chase. Tracks are different a little bit. Yep, yep. Um, yep. Maybe. I think they're a little more. Not so super crossy. Yeah, yeah, and and, Big and they yeah, and a little more choppy, a little more, you yep. know, where that acceleration traction is kind of what you're really sure. looking for. And, sure. and like I said, to, even on the production Suzuki's, I just did one for um, a kid I ran into out in the desert, and I said, "Man, for what you're doing, he, he he's talking about buying different shocks." Yeah, yeah. And I go, "No, just just let us let bring it down. The forks are bitching. Just yeah. service them. Put the right spring right. in it for you. Let us revalve the shock. Yeah. Just a basic revalve." And I think I we did something with the chassis link arm, and and he loves it, you know. Yeah. And and uh, it's a good bike. Yeah. Um, and the, that the, shock has its has its positives. Uh, it's crazy to think that, from what I hear, those production RMZ forks and the ones on the Honda are basically factory forks from five years ago or whatever, yeah. right? You know what I mean? They're basically no titanium and well, things and that, like that. That kind of yeah. goes back to your original question where um, the production bikes just in general, chassis, engine, mm -hmm. are getting just better and better and better. And, and there's not a whole lot of difference so much anymore between the production suspension and work suspension you right. know with the coatings and some of the parts and things that you can manipulate the stroke a little bit more mm -hmm. and and make it a little freer so it's easier to make it stiffer without it feeling stiff right um that kind of stuff is is a big difference between production and work still do you see any but i mean you, the the freaking forks or if you lay them out on the table other than the coatings yeah if you're colorblind they look the same yeah <laughs> right which is incredible for the consumer yeah. right yeah um i you create I, expensive to buy a bike nowadays. That goes along with it, right? I don't know if I should blame you for this, or maybe Mitch should credit you a little bit for this. <laughs> but I feel like so back in your day, growing up, you would take a production bike and you would buy forks for them, right? You would you would buy like late seventies, you know, you would buy suspension shocks, right, for your bike or whatever. This was like Fox. Yeah, this was a very we, common. We model. talked about this the other day because the Science of Supercross had Jeff Fox on there. Oh, that's right, it did. And I thought that was so cool because I told Mitch, I said, "You remember back in the day, like if you were anybody, yes, I don't care what bike, you had a Fox Air Shock. Yes, you were the on your bike, the man. So twin twin shocks. But. We we go through this era where no one. I mean, you know, obviously you could buy Olins, but it wasn't really that much better, and it was pretty pricey and everything else. And then you. You created, I feel like Pro Circuit created we did. this kit fork phenomenon with Showa, working with Showa. You, Mr. Mr. Matsuo. At some point, you <laughs> become aligned with Showa, yeah. and you start pumping out. Your, your race team goes to Showa. You're selling Showa. You're yeah. putting Showa on, KY, on KTMs, for God's sake. You're, you guys are moving forks and shock like no one's business. There was one year where we – so you're, you're exactly right. Um, we've always had a very good working relationship with Showa yeah. from the from the earlier conversations right. we've already had till now. Um, and that year there was the the Japanese guy that was in charge, Mister mm -hmm. Matsuo, awesome guy, yeah, awesome. And M Mitch and I came to him with this concept, 
I mean, I still I could still pull out the fax papers. Okay, yeah. Of faxing yeah. stuff back yeah. and forth. And uh, the kit concept. The revenue this generated for Pro Circuit. Came was... um, I mean, they they came and there was a lot of labor into that. Okay. So it okay. really wasn't okay. that much. All but, right. I mean, when they came in pieces. Yeah. Like when you oh when you turn the compression adjuster and yeah, it yeah. clicks, yeah, yeah. that ball bearing was in its own little Ziploc bag. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, at every... Every single thing yeah. was in a Ziploc bag with a part number in it. Wow. And we had to, I mean, there was hours and hours of all of us laying all this stuff out with diagrams and hand assembling and making our own tools to assemble you it. You mean like every single year? Or you mean the Oh, f- yeah. Really? You wouldn't... We I've, never bought I've, complete w- components. Was it just cheaper? Is that why you did it? Because we had to make our own, a lot, we had to make the shot clevises. Okay. Yeah. We had to make the axle lugs. True. We had to make the yeah, spring yeah. tubes. For different models, The right. bumper cups. Yep. I mean, there were certain items that were so expensive in Japan. We yeah, went yeah. through, there was a lot of work that yeah. went into this. Um, what a successful But we started it. And there things. was one year, and, and we ended up selling them for every brand. Yes. No, I know. And there was yeah. one year where we sold probably 60 sets. Yeah. Ran out. Before the outdoor nationals started, and Mitch and I were worried about the homologation and not having product on the shelf if someone wanted to buy it. Yeah, and the race. That's team. right. You had to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we ended up ordering another ten sets, and then we would rat hole some of them, and then we'd had show make sure they had some just yeah. in case. And this was a uh, you started it again. Pro Circuit started yeah. the. I need a different fork and shock than what comes stock on my bike. Yeah, and and you, I'm guessing you guys crushed it, right? Yeah. With a lot of labor, <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of work went in. It wasn't a, uh, How for did sure, it wasn't a money maker, but it, it, it. I mean, we had it wasn't we a had no, there was just so much. Yeah, 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 I mean, we didn't lose money. Yeah, no, no, yeah, but um, I, I, I kept track of all the hours. How did you determine? And you know, we had yeah. to pad it with a certain percentage and all that. Kind How of did stuff. you determine that a fifty-one was the size? Um, like how? Because that's basically what you did, right? You, you, so yeah. they came production on the. 99 and 2000 RMs. Okay. And that's how it started. Okay. Nathan Ramsey, I think, rode for us then. And, yeah. and I took the Suzuki suspension, which coincidentally with just a little bit of modifying, mm-hmm. bolted right on the Cowie. Yeah. I think one of the tracks we went to was McGrath's Outdoor Track, and we went to maybe Central or yeah. someplace like that and uh, tested it. And I remember Nathan coming back like, oh, my God. And we had other people ride with him. Um, yeah. And they were just like, there's yeah. – and so that – that first work suspension mm-hmm. was um, kind of modeled after that yeah. RM suspension. Yeah. And then we would, there was easy ways to change the length yeah. a little bit. And then we made our own clevises and axle lugs to fit it to fit. the different bikes. Right. Yep. And uh, shock bodies, they would sand cast. Um, they don't do that anymore. The failure rate was too big on those because they'd take 100 shock bodies and they'd yeah. pressure test them and maybe 50 would go through or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just shooting the numbers. I right. don't know the real numbers. but Right. That, that was uh, – yeah. I, I remember talking to Desco one time. He was in his 450 end of things, and he wanted to go racing as a privateer. And he was like, I got to get – he was telling me about the money that he needed. And he's like, I got to get some Showa stuff from Bones. And he was riding maybe – wanted to ride a Cowie. And I'm like, no, just get Bones to do your KYB stuff. I mean, KYB is a great stuff. It, that's a really good suspension. I got to get that show. I'm like, yeah, but like he's got, like, as we know, even for a guy like IT, he's paying. Yeah. Back, you know, he's not getting free stuff, right? And, and I'm just like, look at what they've done. They've just created this generation of people that have to have the Showa 
kit forks that Pro Circuit has. Yeah. And I was just like, what a brilliant model. What a brilliant business. Uh, but I'm surprised you didn't crush it with money. I, I, I thought it, you would tell me that. Yeah, yeah. It's too, much, too much labor. Yeah, too much labor. Too much labor and, right. and too much cost put right. into it. But, you know, we didn't lose money, but yeah, it wasn't yeah. like yeah, yeah. exhaust pipes are still the bread and here, butter. No here I thought what, Mitch but... was going to have to write you a check for, no. some, sort of, for some sort of royalties. But uh, your guy, Timmy. Remember, he well, was Modal Triple X. Okay, so I was—I have this written down here. I have Ferry written down in my notes. You saved his career. You really did. Uh, this is inc- this is, and I mean, I'm—I maybe I'm exaggerating, but not by much. Timmy's, Timmy lost his ride at Yamaha. Uh, uh, I was working for him. That's probably why he yeah. lost it. Part, part of the reason why. <laughs> but he goes to Moto Triple X, and he's running under suspension, and yeah. he's not—he's on an 06 Honda 450, and outdoors, and he's struggling, yeah. and he's struggling, and finally. The team says, well, that's that's it. That's all you're going to get. Timmy's like, reached into his pocket, talked to you, bought suspension from you. No. No? No, Mitch okay. made him a deal. I thought he said he played for it. But anyways, okay. And literally, the first weekend, I think it was Red Bud. Yeah. And he goes from being a 10th place guy to like 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. And his summer takes off. Mike Fisher hires him for kit yeah. for Cowie, and he goes back. It's noticed, and then and yeah. he he to this day he credits that suspension change and working with you. Remember even his wife coming up to me and thanking me. And oh, did that. she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Pretty awesome. No, he he's like. So we've known him, him and his dad, of course, especially yeah. all the right. amateur races. Right. So he talks to Mitch, and I'm pretty sure this is the way the story went. Mm-hmm. And he, he he may have because I think he ended up getting a few sets, but yeah. the first set we Mitch gave him. Okay. But he says, you got to sell me some sets. Okay. Like, someone yeah, yeah. needs to call yeah. here and say, Timmy Ferry told me to call. <laughs> right. And uh, he goes, man, I haven't found anybody that has that much money yet, you know. But I think he ended up sending a few people maybe, there. Maybe. So. Yeah, he immediately was four or five sets spots better at yeah. the next national that, you know, he put the suspension on. And his career just yep. went on for... And he had another three years of Cowie after yeah. that. You know what I mean? So uh, I love to tell that story a little bit because it does illustrate, you know, sort of your magic touch with guys a little bit. So. It's a good bike to begin with. Yes. Good chassis. Yeah. I call it kind of a lazy chassis. Okay. Maybe it didn't turn as good as some of the other ones, but it was really comfortable, mm-hmm. easy to ride chassis. Um, we had a different linkage for that thing. Um, you know, the new when they came out with the newer bikes, they were, they were you know, they were a yeah. handful to ride, but um, that was a good bike in general. Uh Testing-wise, Ivan Tedesco stands out. Uh, oh, yeah. Who else? Um, man, over the year, I mean, way back in the day, I mean, I use guys like Larry Brooks oh, yeah? all the time. Yeah. yeah, Brooks was a big PC guy. Had to uh, had everything, right? Brian Manley, Jeff Hicks. Right. Um, over through the years, I'm sure I'm missing Nathan Ramsey. Yeah. You know, but Ivan's hands down he, stands yeah, out as yeah. – it's probably no surprise why Triumph is using him, right? Yeah, like the best guy. I mean, yeah. I remember Mark Johnson calling me when he was um, on that uh, Vegas Suzuki team for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, saying, what do you think about Tedesco? And I go, you'd be crazy not to hire him. Yeah. yeah. I go, he will help your – For RCH. Yeah. Effort. yeah. Yeah. He will help your effort immensely. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, there's always a couple guys over the years. I mean um, – but yeah, he he definitely. Yeah. I mean, Langston was horrible the first year. And okay. The second year, I put him to work, and he yeah, yeah. he did awesome. Got a little and, better. Yeah. Um, Villapoto was pretty good, and after you know, yeah. if, after he seasoned yeah. a little bit, and now he's a now he's yeah. got his own bay down there at Pro Circuit. He's Carmichael <laughs> would always cracks me up. You know, the Carmichael nowadays, um, 
listening to him, like when he was helping Savachi yeah. and, you know, yeah. when we built that last bike for him that he rode at Loretta's yeah. and some other projects that I've been involved with him, you know, listening to how good he is and how he can dissect a bike. Yeah. But all I remember is his first year, he <laughs> obviously didn't know anything, yeah. you know, and, and it used to and always crack me up. He was pretty pudgy, right? He was not yeah, in shape, yeah. but it, he pinned it, right? He was freaking awesome. Like his leg, his jersey's yeah. untucked, his legs oh, are yeah. hanging off, and he's just pinning it. Yeah. But he, yeah, oh, that, that was awesome. Yeah. Those, those years were incredible with all those guys, Villapoto, yeah. everybody. I mean, the, you, you know, we put in a lot of work, but the, yeah, they were awesome years. You sound like you – my next question, one of my final questions for you was, are you proud of everything you've accomplished? And it sounds like this whole time you, you are, and you're also also maybe unbelievable that you did all this? Like you're pinching yourself that so, you did all this stuff? So I've, I've talked to my wife about this yeah. a little bit too. You know, when you're, when you're on this train yeah. and you, you, you jump on it day one, right? Anaheim just, just grab the last little rail <laughs> as it's going by and you jump on it and you yeah. become part of it yeah. and never went back to the welding shop you're yeah <laughs> no you're that's a good story but i'll finish with that but yeah. you you do all this and you have the success and you do all these things and you you've got failures too yeah. along the way and yeah. you know and um i don't i never really thought of it until i retired yeah that way yeah yeah and now you know sitting back and just sitting here talking with you about it, yeah. you know, um, it, it was pretty bitching, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, and, it, yes and it's, it is. and it's, yeah. think of the names kinda, you've worked with. Kind of unbelievable yeah. in some aspects and, and yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's pretty cool what we were able to accomplish and, and, and I still feel like I'm a part of it, you know, yeah. a little bit, but uh -huh. I still feel like, you know, I go down to the shop and like I was just there on Tuesday and, talking to Mitch a little bit about different things and, and, you know, we'll bring up, we always bring up something old that happened, but, yeah. you know, go, looking forward making sure the track's ready and make sure the bikes are ready. And I'll remind him about the dirt at Phoenix or yeah, something else, you yeah, know, that yeah, I remember. I'll, right. I'll, something will pop up. Oh, I know where that's at. I'll run into my cabinet and grab it, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. And, and you know, the, the, you talk about working with James and Ricky when they were kids and there's countless people that you've worked with since they were kids. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the parents or the children, I mean, the amount of time you spend with these kids, the young adults, you, you know, you, you hope that some of your work ethic worked, rubbed off on them. You yeah. hope that you treated them with respect, which, you know, you did. And you taught them life lessons and made them into these, whether it's Ivan or Ricky or yeah. Villapoto. Well, Villapoto's a bad example because he's just a mess, but I'm kidding. But, like, you, you've also had a hand, and you know, a small hand, but a hand in raising these kids and turning them into great humans. So, you know, like family. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say that with all the riders, but a decent, I'm looking at Cincerillo's jersey behind you, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, there's, there was definitely ups and downs with Cincerillo and his dad, but yeah. at the end of the day, it was pretty awesome to sit down and have a beer at the end of the day with Alan, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and, um, just the Villapotos, the Carmichael's, the Ways. I'm just reading jerseys yeah. in the grass. I mean, right. you, you start thinking of them as family. I mean, for me, especially because, helping them on the amateur level yeah all the way through you you pass them off but you never really no you know yeah and, and it almost becomes like they're right to you i imagine the racing accomplishments become secondary a little bit because you just yeah. you remember the the growing up with them and the family and the the you know the the, yeah. the lives you lived with them and, and and it's like so i had a conversation with um 
Oh, there's a couple of people in the semi, but it was when Savachi rode for us and Johnny O'Meara yeah. was helping him. Right. And I forget how it came up, but it came up with Johnny standing there, and maybe maybe Joey was there or something yeah. like that. And we were starting talking talking about heroes or something like that. And then somebody says something to me about Carmichael Beam, and I go, well, "He's not one of my heroes. No, yeah. he was this pain in the ass little kid that we started helping. <laughs> I mean, he's my friend, and yes. I and he's like family, and yeah. he's one of the greatest riders to ever swing a leg over a bike. But right. I looked at Johnny, I go, "You're my hero." You're one of my heroes. You're yeah. the kid yeah. Indian that and yeah. that I looked at Cycle News and wanted your autograph and, you know, looked yeah. up to you from the time you were, wore gaiters on your boots riding a Mugen. I think I was there for this conversation. Oh, yeah? I think I was there. I remember this in the truck with Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I go, it's those, those guys. I mean, I had Roger DeCoster's posters. On my, yeah. That's another story. I had Roger DeCoster's posters on my wall when I was a kid. And I, me and my buddy in Arizona snuck into the pits and we got Roger's autograph, Tony D's autograph, yeah. Weiner, DeStefano, right. Bob Hanna. Right. And they're, they're friends. Yeah, yeah. Like I know them. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's kind of unbelievable right. to me that right. all this kind of transpired. Yeah. I, had a, I had a story with Roger was one of my big motivators in suspension. Okay. When um, Larry Brooks rode for us in 87. Yep. We were at a race, and I thought Larry did pretty good. Yeah. I don't remember how, but remember I remember being in the year. back yeah. of the box van, and Roger, he was a Honda Sport rider. Roger came up to the truck and said, I was talking to him about the race, and yeah. you know, I'm kind of excited. He yeah. did pretty good. It's right. my suspension, you know, and yeah, I got a little chip on my shoulder. I talked <laughs> to you about that. Yeah. And then before he walked away, he goes, oh, and another thing, you have to do something about your suspension. It, 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 is, it is horrible. <laughs> and I'm just like... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you're like you're like oh shit so i wow. go i after that i'm like um i gotta i'm fixing this yeah i'm not gonna have roger DeCoster ever yeah. say so i went we did testing and everything and then it was just a number of years later we had built a bike and roger was going to ride it at oh, richie okay. canyon okay. and it was motor and pipe related okay but i did the suspension on yeah. it yeah yeah so for me, a win would have been taking that bike out there, fingers crossed, Roger mm -hmm. says nothing about suspension. Was this like for a magazine or something? Or like a, no, it was for Honda. Okay, for Honda, yeah. And he, we're out there, and he says nothing about suspension. Like he's, I'm like, he, I, I was thinking he's going to yeah. get out there and not be able to ride the bike because uh, suspension is horrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, or something like that. But um, Are you the guy that did Brooks' stuff yeah. in 87? <laughs> no, he doesn't remember any of this. I don't right. know that I've ever right. told him this, but right. um, he uh, – at the end of the day, he, he's like, I hear him tell Mitch. He doesn't say this to me, okay. but I hear him tell Mitch, hey, the suspension works pretty good, too. And I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yes. Win. Right. So then That's, later on, yeah. um, we started going to, I remember going to Canada uh -huh. for the Supercross. And Mitch didn't go because it was his kid's birthday, and yep. I was there. And yep. me and whoever, we get to the motel overlooks the track. Yep. We're in the bar there. Yep. And Roger had just finished eating, and he was having a glass of wine or something. Mm -hmm. And we go in to look at the track. And I go to walk out, and he's and I wave, and he goes, "Hey, Bones, come here." Huh. And he and he and I walk up to him, and he and he goes, uh, he goes, you know, you've worked for Mitch for a long time. Yeah. And I go, yeah. "Yeah." And he goes, "You do a good job." And I'm like, <laughs> oh, "Wow." And I'm, I'm yeah. I didn't know what to say. I right. was kind of speechless. And then I'm like, "Think about this. At this point, you've been working, you. you've been in the industry for 25 years. Yeah, at this point, so, or whatever. Yeah. So it came full circle, and it wasn't one of, my, one of my big motivators when he first said that to yeah. begin with. Like, yeah. I." I um, like he was my his posters were on my yeah, wall when yeah, I was yeah. a kid in my it's house like and suspension's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> wow. So that was yeah. that was a big one for me too. And, right, that's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, but like I said to begin with, I was very very fortunate to be able to work with 
Yeah. A lot no, of really, I, really cool look, the greatest, riders through the years. <laughs> the greatest riders of all time are like McGrath. Yeah. Carmichael. <laughs> Stu. Yeah. Uh, Villapoto. Yeah. Right? And, and you've worked with these guys every day, you yeah. know, for a few for a few years, right? So I mean looking at I didn't I didn't ever really do something for Bradshaw, but I'm looking up there, it was just reminding me Bradshaw, yeah. the rivalry Bradshaw and Kadrowski had yeah. when they were kids and yeah. I we helped Kadrowski we helped guy. Bradshaw with pipes and stuff. Okay, yeah. And I remember Mitch sending me to a race and I had to I had to go talk to him all, right? And I remember Damon just he had a temper. He would get so mad. <laughs> Yep, fuck that California punk, you know. Yeah, and yeah. They would just, Meanwhile, was, Mike's like the quietest, nicest dude yeah. ever, right? Like, like he's, he wouldn't say boo, right? I know. Kadrowski's were awesome. Well, when we first started helping them, I would go up and stay at their house. Oh, they yeah. would feed me and yeah, we'd yeah. Go, for a couple of days. Yeah. And um, I think Vasquez Canyon up there and, and act, acting and go testing. and Yeah, it, uh, uh, Mike's awesome. Well, 89, you guys had Schmidt as a full pro circuit rider, Donnie yep. Schmidt, full rider, right? And then you put the bikes on, you put pipes on, silencers on the factory stuff. It was basically in '89. It was Bradshaw, and then all Hondas yeah. with Pro Circuit parts. Well, except for Cliff, I think Cliff had his own stuff going. Yeah. But, but everybody else had Pro Circuit stuff. You know, like what an advertisement for Pro Circuit. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, what a career. That's fair. Yeah, the, awesome. wel- the welder thing. So oh, yeah. now I'm now that I'm retired. One of the things I got to kind of get the garage all cleaned up yeah. and kind of set up and. When I was a kid and lived in Arizona and was still welding, I had bought this little Lincoln called a buzz box. It was a little AC arc welder. Okay. And I still have it. <laughs> and I had it when I lived in my townhouse. I didn't really use it. Yeah. And then now I've got it hooked up in my garage and I had a set of torches, a Victor, Victor journeyman set. Okay. I, I got that all hooked up. So I started dabbling into welding again. And <laughs> You're back. <laughs> I made a workbench out of metal and, yeah, yeah. and iron and just doing some other little stuff like right. that. So. Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I mean, I, I remember building that workbench and start, I struck an arc and started welding, and I'm like, I almost 40 years yeah. had gone by yeah, since yeah, I'd done yeah, that, you know? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, what a career, man. Um, I could go on longer, but maybe, yeah. we'll do a, maybe we'll do a part two in another 10 years or something. There you go. Uh, thank you, though. Congratulations yeah. on your incredible career, all your accomplishments. I'm I'm stoked to have you uh, sit down and tell my listeners the story. It's 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 simply amazing all the stuff you've had a hand in and and worked with. So um, yeah, man. And, and I would say enjoy retirement, but it doesn't look like it. So I mean, you're enjoy- enjoying working again. I'm, I'm enjoying everything right now, <laughs> and I, I always have. There's tr- There's t- it's job though. You know? Yeah. And yeah. there was tough times, but but like you said, it's on it's on your terms now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's awesome. Uh, Thanks thank- for having me though. Thank you, Bones. Yeah. Thank you. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.